It's greenlit again, and oh, fuck me, what an episode. <laughs> oh, dearie me. I know a couple of episodes ago I made a big song and dance about how cursed that episode was and how it was the episode that shouldn't be, but ooh, this is a whole, a whole different level. That being said, uh, I do have some maintenance I want to uh, get out of the way first. I want to thank both Adam Bibolo and Joe Graham for appearing on the episode. It's very gracious of you to appear on a very new podcast. Less said about the things that you did, the better. <laughs> Less said about the sins you committed on that day, the better for all of us. I would also like to thank Haley, uh, who edited this episode, this mammoth episode. Uh, she had a workout for her on this one, and uh, she did an excellent job. And also thank you once again to Reese who has generously provided us with the theme music, which you'll hear in a few moments. And once you hear it, I'm sure you agree. He's, he's extremely talented. You can find his stuff on reeselawrence.net. He does uh, orchestral pieces, which uh, I have said before, and I will say again, it's just amazing that one person, I didn't know one person could do that kind of music on their own, and especially this well. Big props to him, big respect and appreciation for uh, giving us this music. I want to thank him and thank you for listening in. If you haven't heard us before, uh, once you're done here, uh, feel free to go listen to the other ones. Subscribe, add us to your RSS feeds, however you do it, and stick around for the ride because we've got a lot of fun ideas coming. Hopefully ones that don't leave me a babbling, stressful mess on the floor. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Thank you. Here we go. Right, uh, welcome to the new episode of Greenlit, the show where I, the producer, uh, give random prompts to some aspiring creatives here in my office, and they give me a three-minute pitch. It could be a video game, TV show, or movie, and I judge which ones should be greenlit. So we have uh, some special guests today. Not one, not three, but two special guests. We have, first of all, hailing from Manchester, Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hello. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be considered an aspiring creative by yourself. Definitely <laughs> aspiring, yeah. Not like you've got <laughs> millions of podcasts on your name already. I'm just, I'm looking to finally get some sort of creative work under my belt for the first time. Yeah, I'm hoping to give you some exposure. <laughs> <laughs> and our second special guest is also heading from Manchester, Joe Graham. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I feel very welcomed already. You're definitely very welcomed. Uh, Will I be welcomed about... for long? I do feel like your role here is to judge me. I guess welcome is a relative principle. <laughs> right. Thank you. Have you done pictures before? How do you feel about that kind of position? I've done pictures before, yeah. I've had to do actual real pictures before, so uh, I, I'm confident I'm going to smash this and I'm going to win. Okay. Well, I hope you appreciate the exposure. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I consider these real pictures, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's still real. Are real. All that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they would they will definitely be made. Yes, and as you may have heard, there that is our third competitor, James Leach. How are you doing, James? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Definitely not nervous or anything. Totally fine. Why would you be nervous? And, uh, just me. It's just you. Yeah, my my best friend James here to work me through the the rough tide. <laughs> our last competitor, veteran of the show at this point, is Kit. Hey, it's Kit. I don't have a surname. Uh, I'm like Cher, yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> or a Brazilian footballer. How are you doing, Kit? 
I'm fine. That's good. I, I, I honestly thought I wouldn't have a voice today because uh, I didn't have a voice yesterday. Everyone has fun. a voice on this show. Indeed. Okay, so as you all know, we do the video games round first, and then the next one will be TV shows, and then finally we'll end on movies. So seeing as you're the veteran of the show, as I've said there, Kit, we'll start with you. So we're going off to the video games round. Kit, mm-hmm. are you ready to note things down on that, yeah? I am indeed. Your three random prompts are a shortage, running a restaurant, and finally, golf. Yes. Now, now, uh, now to clarify now. some things so that we don't have a Lizzie situation, <laughs> by a shortage, do you mean yes. as in a lack of something, or do you mean an electrical fault? Or a short person. Yes. I don't think that's what they're referred to, <laughs> Joe. Have you, uh, do you call Never. short people a shortage? Uh, obviously, uh, no, I don't, because apparently that's rude. Um, I'm, that's offensive. I've always known, uh, according to this. So no, I will no longer be calling short people shortage. Oh uh, Kit, I'm going to say it can be up to you. Just don't use the short person definition, please. And don't forget, we also have what's known as a round focus. So basically, everyone will have the same goal for their project. Makes it easy for me to determine which should win. So this is for everyone. The goal of this round is the game must be a horror specifically for YouTubers to play and do Let's Plays of. Okay, your pitch starts in, don't forget, three minutes. Three, two, one, go. Now, everyone understands that the biggest market when it comes to video games is both Twitch streaming and YouTube, and the biggest genre within that is horror movies that are well, horror, uh, not movies, but, you know, horror games that are terrifying and scary and full of jump scares that make people all sorts terrified. But the one thing about them is you never feel like you have any real say or action within the, the game. So instead, we're going to change that slightly. Uh, the aim of this game is to be able to run a successful restaurant but in order to do so, uh, the gimmick that you have as your specific restaurant is you have to launch all of the food towards the customers using a, a special delivery wand that is more or less like a golf club. Uh, yes, I'm basically, you're just hitting things with a golf club towards customers. Now, at a certain point, you have run out of all the food that you have in your restaurant uh, after the first round. So you get used to the idea of this kind of, of more or less the way that it works like this. You then move into the next round where uh, you're starting to just grab stuff from the back of the freezer that you don't even know what it is. In fact, you can't really describe what it is. And you are going to be uh, cooking and then launching at customers' faces uh, cosmic horrors beyond anyone's imagination. Uh and slowly but surely uh, the restaurant will become more and more terrifying and more and more scary and more uncomfortable as eventually in the end you find that you do have in the back of your chill freezer a gateway to another dimension and this is where you have actually been taking all of your meats and foodstuffs that you are launching at these customers and then in the end it's all horrible and ends pretty much the way any of these things do, uh, very much like H.P. Lovecraft, and you just die. The end. Is, is that the end of the pitch? You've got 40 seconds left. 
40 seconds? Wow, I didn't think I had more than 40 seconds. Well, obviously the golfing element would be using and would and be more or less your stereotypical golfing, but we would also maybe have some VR support on top of that uh, because that would also lend itself to a lot more terrifying elements. That's that's it, is it? Yes. I, I, I don't see why this, this is a fantastic idea here. I don't know why you're complaining necessarily about my great pitch. Uh- <laughs> I'm asking if that's that's you're finishing because you've got like 20 seconds left. You've yeah, now I'm, got three, so I guess we'll end it there. Exactly. Okay, so thank you, Kip, for the slightly contentious pitch there. <laughs> so what you've got here is a golf game put under the set dressing of a restaurant. For well, Did you give a reason as to why you're, in your words, launching food into customers' faces? It's the gimmick of the entire restaurant. Like every restaurant, I, if you're not a good restaurant, you have to have some sort of element or gimmick. So it's kind of like, I can't remember the name, but there's like an American restaurant where all the staff are intentionally rude to you. It's like that, except with grievous bodily harm. Yes, more or less. And things right. would become more and more terrifying. There would be a lot more, it would become more violent. So similar to how the, like, I get Spooky's House of Jump Scares, like the kind of games mm. which are, yes, yes, Joe, uh, before you ask, yes, I am comparing something else to something. Because that is also a thing that you like to bring me up on. Yeah, all right. But to be fair, that was that's a normal like comparison. But for the other times you've done it, it was when I said no, that's bollocks, and then you would go something else that was also shit, did it? That's not what you're doing now. So I didn't pull you up on it. I don't know why. Is it because we've got the big leaguers in here? You've suddenly got like really arsy with me. No, I just I I'm just preempting uh, any of your questions. That's fine. You don't have to preempt. It's just, it's fine. I've no problem with the pitch as it is. There's some things I want to iron out. For example, why does the act of hitting food with a golf club create Lovecraftian monsters? No, well, that those are brought more from the, like I said, the shortage and that you eventually start running out of normal food and start getting, you're starting to really start to use the back of your freezer. And it's and that is where you're finding your dimension to another <laughs> universe in which that's where you've been getting all your food from. Right. So did you not know this before you started the restaurant? No, that would be silly. So what you're saying is, is that you started a restaurant and they just built a fridge around a, a big portal to another world and just didn't question that some weird meat is coming out of there? I mean, at a certain point, you don't really... like. You just grab a golf club and go at it. Yeah, you're not the owner of the restaurant necessarily, are you? Right, okay. You're just you're just I mean, delivering the food to people. Like you're not the person running it. You're just being told there's a shortage. Okay. I mean, one of the the prompts was literally running a restaurant. So I think that would imply that you are. But do you really need to know what's going on in your restaurant to run a restaurant? I feel I feel like that's normally at least in most experience, people who run restaurants don't really know how to run restaurants. Hmm. Yeah, but that's like, you know, having maybe some mouldy lettuce. I don't think that applies to having Cthulhu knocking about. We're taking it to a stre- an extreme end, aren't we? I, I guess you could say that, yeah. Okay, what, I mean, you mentioned VR the other. Like, who are you marketing this to? Well, it is, this would be kind of, a, this would be like a short game experience, the kind of thing that would be like one Twitch stream or like a couple of, like one 
like extended YouTube video. So what system do you see this being on? I typically would probably see this on, well, anything that either has a pre-existing VR setup. So like a PC and then probably like a PlayStation VR. There would also be like the standard version of it, which would likely be on every gaming console. Okay. I know I'm needling you on this. I mean, I have to, but like, I've not really any issues with uh, with the pitch as such. Does anyone else have anything to add or question, Kit, on? What's it called? Oh, no, that comes after. We've got, we've got a discussion. Adam! Oh, fuck me, the format. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, thanks for the reminder, though, because I haven't thought. <laughs> Is it multiplayer? Is it multiplayer? No, this would be a single-player experience. We could add multiplayer at a later date as kind of a pre-DLC situation, but we would have to iron the kinks out first before we consider that. Sensible. Okay. I mean, I think that applies to the entire game, doesn't it? You may as well just do it with multiplayer. No, that's fair. But then we wouldn't really have an incentive to bring people back to the game. Well, what I would ask is, how would a, a multiplayer function, how would it work exactly? Where's the competitive element? Because you said the conclusion of the game was you just die. Yeah, that would be the single player experience. The multiplayer would be more or less just the food throwing minigame. So no, no Lovecraftian stuff in the multiplayer? Not necessarily. Okay. Anyone else got anything to add? No. Okay. Then. Uh, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. I've got no issue. Kit, do you have a name, a title for it? Uh, restaurant over Innsmouth. Actually, quite like that. To be fair, good show in there, Kit. I've got to be honest. But we are going to move on to the next competitor, which is James. Hey. Okay. So your prompts are for a video game must feature Hulk Hogan, brand Twitter, and a courier. Courier, so a delivery person. Man, these yes. are great prompts. Mm-hmm. And as I say, the focus of this round is to make it a indie horror game or just a horror game for YouTubers specifically. Okay? So YouTubers but not Twitch, or are we allowed different streaming platforms? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, what I meant is like Let's Players. Sure. And three, two, one, your pitch starts now. Hi, your hair's looking great today. Thank you. I'm wearing a hat, but okay. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. So Ten I'm seconds here gone, to, but go on. I'm worth it. I'm here to pitch a game to you. Now, okay. I don't know if you've heard of the internet, but there are some websites on there that feature what's called Let's Plays. It's where, mm-hmm. you know, internet celebrities will play a game and everybody watches along and comments. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. But the best version of this is the horror Let's Play. Because you basically get to see someone on the internet get terrified. Now, I've got the perfect video game for this. Now, is there anything more horrifying than managing the Twitter account for Hulk Hogan? (laughs) So what you need to do is you're his brand manager. You have access to his Twitter account, but so does he. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) And what you need to do is run damage control. (laughs) So, as a video game, this will be very much like Uncut Gems, just sort of an an hour and a half pure unbridled stress and fear. So every time Hulk Hogan makes a tweet, 
you're not allowed to delete any of them. But you, you must issue retractions. And you must deliver apology gifts to his many victims. <laughs> you got a minute left. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, for those not familiar with Hulk Hogan, he's a famous liar who also wrestled in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Don't forget racist. He, he is certainly a racist, and the game will not shy away from that. It will, oh, the, the game itself will not be racist, I should make that clear. Well, that's nice. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but yes, it's, Hulk Hogan is possibly the most embarrassing human to live, and mm. your job is to protect the world from him. Hmm. <clears throat> Okay. You've 30 seconds left. This will be cross-platform, I should just say, because everybody should know what a dick he is. Mm. You'll even be able to play it on teletext, I'm, I'm told. <laughs> so Whoa. <laughs> but yes, this is a game for all ages, but probably don't show it to the kids, because it's Hulk Hogan. Mm. Okay. Well, that's time's up. Um... Thank you very much, James. That's right, it's time's up for fucking Hulk Hogan. Hashtag time's up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I mostly have questions about the, again, the the functionality of this. Sure. Is it like a papers please kind of thing, like a text game? No, no, it's it's more of a sort of, how do I put this? It's, do you remember the scene in Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 specifically, where he's uh, a pizza delivery boy? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. As in the much-beloved Spider-Man 2 movie, you'll be mm-hmm. racing around the city on a bike. Mm. So the, the the mechanic of the game is that you have to keep the bike stable, you have to dodge traffic. <laughs> this but is not also, what I expected. You, no, you also have totally. to be tweeting and reading Hogan's tweets. <laughs> as, you're, as you're BMXing about, you've got to read tweets. So this yes. is like, is this like Quop? I don't know what that is, so yes. So it, it's a mix of, you know, physical agility, you're having to steer between traffic, and you're also having to think fast in ways to cover up for Hulk Hogan's many misdemeanors. Okay, so it's kind of it's, it's, it's kind of like um, like when you're grinding on uh, Tony Hawk's or something like sure. that, like that kind of balance control? Yes. And as you're doing that, you're also having to, like, bring up your phone in, like, a menu and type. What's an example of something Hulk Hogan might say on his Twitter? Be careful. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to tone it down. Let's see. Paul, and I want you to do it in a Hulk Hogan voice, if you would, please. <laughs> okay, bear with me. Now let me tell you something, brother. Me and Vince McMahon wouldn't have been able to defeat the WCW in 2005 if it wasn't a cancel culture man. <laughs> Is that something he actually said? <laughs> no, but I, I could believe it. Uncanny. I absolutely could believe that, yeah. So he says that. Yes. How how do you combat that? How do you, you said damage control? So what do you do? Do you reply to the tweet? What you need to do is you need to do a pitch perfect Hulk Hogan impression, much like I just did. Mm-hmm. But you need to tweet it out, and you need to establish what Hogan actually meant. Oh, like give context. Yeah, which is to say that what he meant was that cancel culture isn't real, and by WCW mm. he meant Woman Crush Wednesday, and he'd like to celebrate <laughs> the man's beauty. Maybe. Wow! Wow! Indeed! Wow! Okay, so like, here's an example of a thing Hulk Hogan tweeted once. Like, how do you give this context? Okay, sure. I'll do my best Hulk Hogan impression. Help! 
<laughs> like, what do you? How do you respond? <laughs> well, it, that that one's simple. You just say, "Sorry, brother. Type too soon. I meant help the aged." Aged. Oh, <laughs> yes. Good. Okay. Okay. And he would say that because he is aged, so it does work. Right. Got his own interests could at heart. Seen, could still be, yeah, exactly. Could still be seen as a bit selfish. I'd say, okay. From, from what you've said uh, in the game, that might be a C kind of rating, James. Sure. Yeah. What about here's another one? How do you respond to this one? <laughs> Brooks legs. Oh. That's his daughter. And it's it's a link to a picture oh, of his no. daughter's legs. Yeah. Well, that particular <laughs> one that that would be a that would be a level boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I I would retype the tweet, but I would add it to Brooks' doctor, <laughs> and I would say Brooks' legs. Can you please confirm if this is normal? <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you confirm that these are legs? Now, can I ask, because this sounds like obviously a really stressful and really like unpleasant experience for a, a full-length game, mm. what's yeah. the, the sort of the end game reward? If we, let's say we achieve everything perfectly, we get max scores on every level, what's our little like good ending treat at the end? Hulk Hogan dies with yes. a good reputation. Oh, yes. There we go. Oh, with a good reputation. Yeah, you see, it's oh, a horror game. It's a horror that is game. a bittersweet ending. That's, I have some other questions about the process. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Just because I, I used to work in social media for yeah. a bank, so I'm familiar with this world. Is mm. there a sign-off process, and does it involve PR and legal? No, because wow. making a deal with Hulk Hogan, as Vince McMahon will tell you, is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally just you don't have like a team of people to help you. It's just no, you. It's, it's just you on a bike. Last line of defense, protecting Hulk Hogan from the world or the other way around. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, last thing is then I need a title, please, James. Okay. I am going to go with. <clears throat> yes. I'm going to call it Help Hogan. Help Hogan. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Thank you very much, James. That was brilliant. So we're going to go on to our first of our uh, two special guests here. And um, we're going to go with Joe. Okay. So, Joe, your prompts are cat, Frankenstein. The animal monster. or the play? Does it matter? Pick, Fuck me. Doesn't matter. Pick whatever. Not the play. Great. No, no, she can have the play. No. Oh, she will, though. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cats. Yep. And. Frankenstein's monster and an amateur sleuth. Sleuth, and this has got to be a video game, but also one that could be streamed on a on a like a Let's Play channel or something. Yes, and it has to be horror as well, like Five Nights right. at Freddy's, that kind of thing. Specifically, horror can't be thriller or um, I don't know the it other genres. James's wasn't technically a horror, but they were horrific mm. elements. So I'd accept yeah. that. Well, he had Hulk Hogan. That's easy. I've just got Frankenstein's monster. That's tough. <laughs> They're both as fucked physically, to be fair. No, that's unfair to Frankenstein's monster. Come on now, be fair. He had a disadvantage. Are you ready? I guess so. This one's hard. That's the name of the game. Your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. 
Hi everyone, thank you so much for coming to my presentation today. I'm going to keep this brief under three minutes. I know you've all got places to go to and we've got a lovely lunch spread prepared by Joe, I believe. Thank you so much for our host, Joe, for having us today. So I'm going to present to you a video game. That's right, we all love video games. We're all gamers here, am I right? And we've got a revolutionary new premise for a horror video game. And it's based on the world of the hit movie, movie musical Cats. Yay, I hear you all cheering. We love Cats, the audience that goes wild. Yes, Cats. How do we make this into a video game? I hear you ask. Well, great question. So it's going to be a horror game, okay? For the Halloween freaks out there, like you and I. And it's going to have a little bit of a twist. So it's the plot of Cats. The cats are right there, and they're, they're aiming to go to the heavy side lair. And um, meanwhile, Frankenstein's monster is the enemy of the cats. And he's trying to prevent the cats from going to the heavy side lair. And you must play as an amateur sleuth to solve the mystery of Frankenstein's monster. Who is he? Where has he come from? Who is this Frankenstein anyway? I've not met him. Cats, how do they get to the heavy side layer? What is the heavy side layer? We will never know. That's not the point of this game. But basically, you go around and you solve mysteries involving Cats the musical. Why do the cats have human hands? Is it a CGI mm. mishap? Maybe, maybe not. And you have to defeat Frankenstein's monster, and he's very scary. And um, it's going to be aimed for every age, really, from age three to age 80. It's appropriate for everyone, even though it's a horror. And there will be an extensive push for Let's Players. So we're going to be working exclusively with Twitch as a streaming platform, where everyone who plays this game will automatically be enrolled to a, a Twitch streaming program will automatically be streamed live to the internet no matter who is playing no matter where they are what they're doing and you don't know that and that's part of the horror <laughs> I will use my remaining 30 seconds to answer any questions uh, no, well no uh, if, if you want to end it at 30 seconds you can <laughs> excuse <do>. me uh, <laughs> no no, uh, no sorry that's not that's how it not works, how it works. sorry <laughs> 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 you ask the question after the pitch is done <laughs> You know, just get 30 seconds for questions. That's not how these pictures are done, but you've got 10 seconds now. 10 seconds, okay. Cats, Frankenstein's monster, amateur sleuthing. It's a game for everyone. <laughs> at, at no point, thank you, Joe, but at no yep. point has anyone like ended the pitch with the three prompts just read out again. <laughs> By the that's, way, it's a game. that's a little pitch secret from mm. an industry pro like me. Okay, so what you're saying is you're an amateur sleuth, and yes. what I got from that was you are trying to figure out the mystery of both Frankenstein's monster and the cats of cats. No, you're not trying to figure out the cats. I mean, the cats are pretty obvious. They make sense as they are. They have little songs. I don't know if you're familiar. They explain <sighs> who they are. They Adam, songs. excuse me, mute yourself in this. Thank you. So we're not trying to figure out cats. We're just trying to figure out the heavy side layer. But, okay. and I'm only saying this to you investors, I'm not going to make this part of the marketing for our audience, the mystery of the heavy side layer, you know, it's never resolved because that would ruin cats. So what you're proposing is uh, a mystery game where well, you Well, it's solve a horror game with a mystery element. That you don't solve. 
No, you do solve the mystery of Frankenstein's monster. You find out who Frankenstein okay. is, how he made the monster, but you don't find out the mystery of the Heaviside Lair. You've got to think of it kind of like Twin Peaks, but you never really get all the answers to your questions because it would it would disappoint you. I see. We are getting David Lynch attached to this, are we? Or We don't need David Lynch, we've got me. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Are the cats going to be like NPCs? Like they can help you solve the mystery? You basically, so each cat is its own level of the game. And okay. you've got to think of it a bit like uh, the closest would be like psychonauts. You get to know the cats, you understand their psyche, you hear their song, and you know why they want to go to the heavy side layer. And then you, in the act of helping them, gets you a little bit closer to the mystery of the Heaviside Lair, but also resolving the mystery of Frankenstein's monster, who is chasing all these cats around and, and killing them, and then using right. their body parts to become a more powerful monster. A cat monster. Yeah. Be a lot of human hands, I imagine. Mm, so um, many. And all of them belong to Helen Mirren. Okay. Um, do you have a favourite cat from Cats, Joe? James Corden. Oh. Best cat. I love his little song. <laughs> so your favourite cat from Cats is James Corden. You're sick. You're fucking sick. You just come in here and you don't, you don't even care anymore. You just, you'll say anything to upset people. I've got people. a big glass of wine on the go right now. I'm having so much fun. Okay? This is great. I do this shit for fun. Welcome to Greenlit, everyone. So what would the James Corden level look like exactly? Well, it's a horror game. Um, yes. So it's all fucked up. And to be clear, this is based off the movie Cats, not the the play production. So this is the horrible CGI. I can't remember I who it, made yeah. it, but yeah, that one, the one that everyone hates. So it's yeah. got really horrible special effects because they were all done under crunch. The whole game is made exclusively in crunch, actually, by very overworked contractors and freelancers who get paid basically peanuts and they have to sleep under their desks. And that's part of the horror, is that when you play this game, say. you feel guilty and shameful for participating and you know monetarily supporting such a twisted culture so it's harder all the way down like every all single level of this like yes. the packaging if the, the uh-huh. hard copy that you get is going to be covered in spikes or something no it's it's covered in in that like um artificial cat hair but on the edge of the corner oh is God. some fingers helen mirren's fingers that were supposed to be removed in post production, but they didn't get around to it because of all the crunch. So they just left them. Fingers? How many fingers do you think Helen Mirren has? Well, we've duplicated some of them for the sake of the game. I don't want you to clarify that because I think I think that might actually just make me very upset. Just just wanted to point out the fact that poor Helen Mirren has done nothing to warrant this because she wasn't actually in Cats as far as I remember. Judy Dench, I don't know. <laughs> God almighty. Look, but just think, right? This game played by Twitch streamers. Imagine little gentle Adam on his nice Twitch stream playing mm. this fucked up shit and all of you bullies in the comments being like, Adam, the scary game. That's what they hate when you say his name. Thank you, Joe. It feels so good to finally have that like verified that that is in fact what they are like, my fucking audience. It is. I came on the other day. I was shocked. And Thanks, then I took part in it as well because it was fun. <laughs> uh, now, I need a title for this, please, Joe. Oh, right. Um, mm. <laughs> this is really hard. 
Um... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. How can I make a title out of cats, Frankenstein's monster, and amateur sleuthing? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you a little boost here. Okay. Can you come up with a name for the amateur sleuth? Or who uh... it would possibly be? <laughs> Here's the thing, right? I have many mm. skills. I'm very yes. talented at lots of different yeah. things, but I actually you know, yeah. I can't name things. It's well, in okay. fairness, you it's don't my need, weakness. You don't need any skill or talent to create a name for one of the cats in Cats. You can just go, oh, look, it's Gringleflops the Blimblambler, and he's here it's to more... tell us about his traits. I want to go for something like the heavy side layer, but I just don't know. Hmm, just I don't know how to make it spooky. The the heavy side slayer because oh, oh there we go. Horror. Or okay. Frankenstein's cat, because <laughs> the monster is slowly becoming one. Here's, here's what I'll tell you right now, Joel, because Adam came up with it. He would get the points for the title. Thank you. Well, then use my title so I get the points. Don't use okay. his. His is shit. What, and what was it? Frankenstein's cat? Yes. <laughs> Joe, as a, as a long-time fan of cats that's never actually seen it, I'd like to know... <laughs> Will you be writing any new songs that are Frankenstein-themed for oh. the game? And if so, can we hear one? I will have to look through the, the original book of sure. What's-His-Name's Book of Cats. So I'll just take you know one of those poems in there that's about Frankenstein's monster, and I'll use that. Sure. Adam, moving on to you. Are yes. you ready for your prompts? So ready. Your prompts are a high fantasy setting. High fantasy. Yes. Dude. <laughs> Pokemon. Okay. And Kid Rock. <laughs> That's Jesus tough. Christ. I got that the hard round. One. Yeah, you got a real hard one. And this is for a Let's Play Horror. Yep. Your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for my pitch. It's me, Adam Bibolo from twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo, and I have got the video game for you. This is going to make all of us a fortune, and I'm giving you all the opportunity to get in on the ground floor right now so we can all wet our beaks together on this. Folks, let's be honest, one of the best-selling, in fact, it may be the best-selling video game franchise of all time is Pokemon. And quite frankly, I think it is ludicrous that one company has just been making all these Pokemon games this whole time and no one else has decided to get involved and make their own. So I'm saying we're finally doing it. We're the first people that have had the smart idea to make our own Pokemon game outside of Nintendo. But obviously Nintendo have got the market a little bit cornered. They've been doing it for decades at this point. We need to set ourselves apart from the rest of the Pokemon franchise. So unlike regular Pokemon, our <laughs> Pokemon game is going to be set in a fantasy setting. Um, we're, we're going to be taking Pokemon, the uh, the very stable and normal idea of Pokemon. We're going to be going a little bit out there this time. Um, we're going to be going to a high fantasy setting, which everyone knows what that means. Um, that's a, a city in the sky is this where this Pokemon game is going to be set. Um, and that's the main sort of difference from other Pokemon games here. Except, except, let's be honest here, this is greenlit. The green is cash money. We're all about making the cash here. So we're going to set our Pokemon apart from the other ones by, and honestly, you'll be kicking yourselves that you didn't think of this already, Pokemon NFTs, baby. Every Pokemon that you catch in the game is an NFT. It is an exclusive, unique Pokemon. Most of them look like monkeys with different hats and different kinds of cigarettes and whatnot. 
but they will be unique, they will be yours, and best of all, they will be completely non-fungible. Now, again, <laughs> focusing heavy on just trying to market this, make it as money-rich as possible, another great thing that a lot has made a lot of people rich in the video game industry is horror, because these fuckers go on Twitch and they stream themselves playing it and being like, oh, it's horrible, and then it, just, it sells millions and millions and millions of copies. So... Pokemon game with NFTs, and then just every now and then we'll have like a really unrelated jump scare of Kid Rock going bounder de bounder bang a bang, just appear out of nowhere and scare the shit out of you. Completely unrelated to the rest of the game, but that jump scare will make these streamers shit their pants, and all the little impressionable little kids that are like the Twitch, they'll see it and they'll go out and they'll buy their own copies as well, and they'll buy their own NFTs, and we'll all get really fucking rich off this together. What does everyone think? Twenty seconds left. I don't need it, baby. I think I, uh, I think I hit the hit the thing right on the bullseye there. Okay, thank you, Adam. I think I have a couple of questions, but the first one is: Do you know what a, a high fantasy setting means? Just between me and you, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And me, Joe. And the no. millions of listeners. Yeah. No, no, I don't. No. Okay. You're so, seeing Lord um, of the Rings, mate. That's yeah, a fantasy that's, setting. That's fantasy. That's fantasy. Why is that it's high like, fantasy? Because high it's like fantasy proper specifically fantasy. means it means specifically means like elves, dwarves, goblins, uh, orcs, all that. Yeah, Dwarf. goblins, all that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. The, the thing is that like while the rest of you lot were probably reading about that kind of stuff in school, I was out busy getting laid and I was drowning <laughs> in pussy, baby. Oh my so, god, Adam, I, stop lying. This is what happens when I get backed into a corner, okay? As soon as you start coming for me, I need to retaliate. So you've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> Adam, do you know what this means? No, and you're a virgin. Okay. Look, I'm just saying, maybe you need to make prompts more accessible. Like, I've heard Lizzie get dealt fucking bored eternal and was expected to figure out what the hell that means. Like, Did you not learn from that? It was a what, to, to, to just learn every single possible combination of words in the English language. It's funny. It's funny you bring up another uh, contestant we've had because you did something very similar to what Isaac did in the pilot, which is you compartmentalized each of the prompts. So you went, "This is this is the first prompt, high fantasy. This is the second one, Pokemon, and then also Kid Rock and horror." There was no like incorporating wow. in, into one another. It was just these. Here are these four things. Now, A pitch has to have synergy, Adam. Well, it maybe does. next time you should give me some prompts that actually gel together a little bit better. It feels like these were just drawn out of a hat, to be honest. And <laughs> it's it's practically impossible to make any sense of it. Yeah, it is almost as if it's completely random. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask was, uh, okay, this NFT thing. Is this in universe, or like, are you saying? When you say, like, in a typical Pokemon game, you catch a Pikachu or whatever. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that in your version of a Pokemon game, that Pikachu is now an NFT that you can sell in-game, or it is an actual NFT you can have on the blockchain in real life? It is an actual NFT on the blockchain in real life. Okay. And there's going to be hundreds of different Pokemon in this game? Millions, honestly. That's the beauty of NFTs, is that it's just, like, an infinite amount, and no one really... they're all apes, right? Just, just the good majority of them are apes, yeah. Good. And and um, honestly, um, this will be playable on all consoles, but not on PC, which hmm. means there'll be no right-clicking available here, so you don't have to worry nice. about that either. Okay, Nintendo Switch does have a screenshot capability, so I guess that's out as well. We'll disable that for this game. You can disable that on a game-by-game -game basis, so don't, don't sweat it. Or maybe it. it has like a watermark. I like that. 
that's even mm. better. Yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm willing to bring you on board as a consultant for this yes! project if you want to get in on this. Thank you. I need to ask this. Uh, what do you think the environmental impact of that will be? Don't care. Fucking awesome. Yeah, honestly, it, it pro- probably would be a good one, but I honestly couldn't care less. If we're all going to make money out of this, then that's that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Plus, isn't that Not part of favorite. the horror of like destroying the environment that we live in for all future generations? Pretty fucking it's scary. Thank you very I much. I would like out. to refer you to my executive assistant, Joe, here, who has made a yeah. very good point about the horror of the genre. This, right? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. What I, wanna, what I love about this particular pitch is how it started with you two at each other's throats. Mm. And now you're both fucking business partners. For this I'm baby. a sellout shell. That's it. Money is the ultimate motivator. And I think mm. what it's done here is motivate me and Joe to find a way to work through our differences and get mm-hmm. to some of that sweet, sweet green. Yeah. Okay. Does anyone have anything to ask or add to this? Yes. I now do. that I am executive on this game, <laughs> will we be purchasing my game, Cats... Frankenstein's cat. No, this, this will be a, yes, a clause. Yes, did you say? In, no, Joe, this, can you it, mute Adam and just like the, edit it in that he said yes? Listen. Okay, it doesn't really matter if Adam says yes because he's Great. not a producer. Oh, so, oh. okay. Uh, yeah, you're supposed to be pitching this to me, remember? <laughs> okay, can um, I be a, an executive producer with you on Greenlit so that we can well, edit Adam to say yes to the game? I have a horrible feeling that will lead to me being not a producer anymore eventually. This is called Greenlit with Adam and Joe now. And I feel like, <laughs> and also people like Adam and Joe, the podcast, not us, but you know, the other Adam and Joe. Like, so that'll actually increase yeah. the, the, the value of this property as well. I'm already on my own podcast, the other, other Joe. I'm not even <laughs> the other one. I'm fucking wrong, wrong below that. I, okay. Fucking Kit and James are just in the corner fucking fiddling yeah, the Yeah, please. Okay, I feel like me, me and Joe have dominated this here. I want to hear from Kit and James what they've got to say about this. Yes, um, please, Kit, James, or Jeff Trad. Go, go ahead, Kit. Yeah, um, Adam, I don't know how aware you are of uh, recent legislation uh, when it comes to video games and NFTs, uh, but your, your game, unfortunately, is going to have a very short shelf life uh, if current legislation that is being planned in order to not have any form of being able to mine Bitcoin. There's already been games that have been taken off of certain libraries for uh, that having been in relation to cryptocurrency and fungible tokens. So um, the entire thing is the idea of like, how are you going to kind of protect yourselves from that? I, I I don't know if you necessarily know the point of NFTs, Kit, but it is very much about getting rich quick. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing this ASAP. And if the new legislation comes out, it won't matter because we'll already be so fucking loaded anyhow. You can just it's pay not... off legislators. Well, that's it. We'll be able to grease enough palms because of the money we'll be making. We'll be raking it in. But it's not really about thinking long term. It's not really about creating like a game that's going to last for generations. It is just about like how much can we squeeze out of these kids right now before we get shut down. That's kind of the whole deal with NFTs, I think. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? That does. I, I feel satisfied in this. And I, we, we, we'll talk after this uh, about getting on the ground floor. We will. Bloody won't. I've, <laughs> I've, got more of, I've got more of a comment than a question. If I okay. can just circle back to something that Adam said. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Drowning in Pussy would be an excellent title for Joe's game. Oh, thank you, yes. <laughs> I've been holding on to that one, aren't you, James? 
Yep. I think I've said all I've had to say. Does anyone else want to add anything that's not Joe trying to get on the project? Need a, a title, please, Adam. Okay. Mm. Can mm, okay. We're gonna twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo presents <laughs> Pokemon a non fungible experience mm. featuring Kid Rock. Okay. Snapping. Thank you, Adam. I'm going to deliberate on this. Let's go around. So, Kit, you're very good at coming up with, like, functionality for games. Like, you're very good at taking something and just immediately translating it to how would this play, specifically. I do like that. But I don't think you incorporated the Lovecraftian stuff enough for me, personally. I, I feel like it should have been a more direct threat, or at least, like made a comment on like how the atmosphere or the settings changed, something like that. It seemed kind of unrelated, but otherwise sounded like a fun time. And a pretty good name as well. Joe, I like your idea again as well. I mean, it's, you incorporated more than mo- most people normally do. Thank you. Still don't think it was quite enough. And I well, feel like we could have... I feel what, like... What do the other dragons done. have to say? Just... <laughs> They're not the dragons. I'm the only sharks. Dra- the other sharks. This, 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 you're, you're getting mixed up. This is the apprentice that we're dealing with here. Joe. Where's the other yeah. Lord Alan Sugar? That this is Lord Sugar. No, there is no other Lord Sugar. <laughs> there's, got, okay. there's always another Lord Sugar. Like uh, Joe, <laughs> this is the part where there's no more arguments. Okay. Yeah, can you can you dock Joe points for this conduct, please? What? <laughs> I think we could have maybe um, capitalized on making a new character for the amateur sleuth but he didn't really expand on that but otherwise it sounds like no 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 i don't want to hear anymore there's a reason for i'm just saying it's it's a self-insert for the player it's fine it's fine don't worry about it sorry move on adam adam i think you're you're misunderstanding of high fantasy and again you could have clarified and you didn't so, you know, it's not really ideal that you just went, it's a, it's a city in the clouds and then just didn't expand on that whatsoever. And again, not enough synergy for me. But you did have a very big IP behind you. That, so that is going to carry you along some. Before I get into it, just so uh, the new people know, no one goes away and around with no points. Everyone gets points. It's just a sliding scale of like, you come first place, second place, whatever. So I am going to give first place to James. Because that was the best example of synergy. It was the best title. And it was a fucking, just a genuinely hilarious idea. So, James, four points to you. Thank you, Joe. And again, excellent hair. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And thank you. Um, I'm going to give second place to... I'm going to give it to Adam. <gasps> and the thing that saved it was the jump scare. Which is extremely marketable for cheap. Let's players. Thank you. It thank is you. Thank Boy, you. Boy, it does get the job done. Third place, I'm going to give. Oh, how many points do I get? Sorry, by the way. You got three points there. Yes. So two points will go to. I'm going to give it to Joe. Yes. Actually, no, I don't want your pissy ball. I mean, I do, but I pretend I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you for the points. Yes, you got the you you just slightly edged out uh, Kit again because of the synergy. The incorporation is very inco- important to me. 
not really a bad pitch among them, to be fair. Just, you know, look at the draw there, I guess. So, that's the first round done. Uh, and the next round we're going to move on to is the TV show round. Right, we're back, and we're on the, as I mentioned before, this is the TV show round. Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll introduce to everyone the focus for this round, so everyone knows off the bat. So the thing is, obviously being a big shot producer that I am, I have agents on the blower all the time, all day, every day. And I've recently had a, a particular agent call me and tell me that his very special client needs work. You see, after the TV vehicle bank balance uh, was no longer a thing, these pitches, every single one of them, must feature Gordon Ramsay. Okay, I think I can. I, th- I think I can manage that. So, Kit, starting with you again. Uh, you ready for your prompts? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Your prompts for a TV show featuring Gordon Ramsay are. Mm. A sexy version of a classic horror villain. Psychics, just to be clear, not sidekicks. Mm-hmm. And Sylvester Stallone. Okay, three, two, one, your pitch starts now. Now, uh, I am proposing today... I am proposing today a very interesting uh, idea for a television show. Now, everyone's always... Uh, procedurals are always a very good place to go. And a very good way to go. So uh, we, I have decided that we are going to take things in an interesting direction uh, where we're going to have a procedural kind of cop show type scenario uh, in which all of the people that are being investigated and arrested are all sorts of different classic horror villains and scary and usually... Obviously, because this is uh, television, this is kind of a thing on the CW, uh, everyone's going to be very, very sexy. So we're going to have sexy Dracula. We're going to have sexy Wolfman, sexy Invisible Man. The one we're not going to have specifically uh, because he is going to be portrayed by Gorman Ramsey is the mummy. Uh, so the mummy working with Sylvester uh, Stallone's character, which is uh, uh, Frank Darabont. He is going to. Well, uh, they are going to be investigating uh, in a, in more or less a city in which all of these horror villains exist, but they're all hot and sexy. And every single week, they will be investigating a new murder, tax frauds. Also, like it'll it'll run the gambit of different crimes. But in the end, the bad guys are always going to lose, but they're always going to be kind of hot the whole time. Um, I already have a name, if you are, are interested, which is uh, Stop or My Mummy Will Shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, because the thing about it is, obviously, the issue we've got is that Gordon's not necessarily an actor. Um, so that is why we're having him wrapped up in, in kind of the mummy stuff, is that so that he will be able to do his dialogue in post, because that's where he thrives, is doing all of this ADR later on. So, like I said, it's Sylvester Stallone's character, Frank Barabon, along with the actual mummy, uh, who is thousands of years old and has real smarts, which is why he's on the force, uh, are going to help fight crimes uh, and stop a series of sexy villains 
until we eventually run out of uh, horror properties and then I don't know um, we'll just we'll, we'll move on to I don't know sexy sci-fi characters or something maybe in season 2 like a Baywatch Nights type situation and I feel like I'm very happy with this uh, and I hope that you are too and that you're having <laughs> and that you're having a fantastic evening and a Thank fantastic you. day yeah Okay, time's up. I, you, you know you can just say, you can just say, okay, that I, that's my pitch. That's where I'm leaving it. You don't have to be like, and that is my pitch. Thank hey. you very yeah, much. But the thing is, you, Joe, you, you, you then go, are you sure? You've got right. one minute yeah, left. I have, right. ask, I, have to, I have to ask that. Do you though? I don't want you to miss, because, because sometimes they go over. I just want to let them know you're not going over. If you add more to add, you can add it. Right, or like a person might say, like, uh, the rest of my time is for questions, and then you might say, no, that's not how this show works. No, living in the past is not going to get you a pitch in the future. Fine. So, Kit, because I'm not allowed to interrupt you during the uh, the pitch when you're not done, that's why you're allowed to get a title off there. And get, get me wrong, that's a very good title. I've got a couple of questions. First of all, a comment. I like the subtle implication that Gordon Ramsay is not hot or sexy. Seems a little insulting for a little reason there. The star power of Gordon Ramsay is undeniable. Why do you want to wrap his face up in bandages? Like it, he's going to be wrapped, but he still be visible. Like it's, but it's it's so that we can cover his mouth, so that we can have ADR dialogue down the line. Hmm. And like actually, the biggest thing about it is that he's going to be mostly speaking actually without even moving his mouth because he will be speaking telepathically to Frank Darabont because he has a psychic connection to them. Right, okay. That's the other thing. Why did you name Sylvester Stallone after the director of The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, I, I feel like you really want us to, to clock this. You've said it so yeah. many times. Yeah, he said you're very pronounced. And I, I wonder why, I, you know, no, I, look, I like his films, but why him? It's, it's part of Sylvester's specific uh, reasoning. He wanted to do not only a tribute to his own brother but uh, to one of his favourite directors and that's unfortunately one of the things in, in order to get Sylvester Stallone kind of so had to carry down to this So what you're saying is, before I gave you that prompt you've been in talks with Sylvester Stallone about this <laughs> I'm, al- I'm always in talks with Sylvester Stallone about stuff assorted projects, <laughs> ideas we're always trying to get him in on something That will Discord <laughs> I'm, I have very good close personal friends with his brother's assistant's uh, agent Right, and they all were in on the idea that I just gave you this second. Yes. Right. Don't you realise you're being thing... played right now? Yeah. I did, <laughs> did notice something, Kit. I did notice something, and you were very, pardon the pun, sly about it. You gave an example of the not hot and sexy monster. I want to know what you consider a hot and sexy version of classic horror villains. For example... What makes a hot and sexy Jason Voorhees? Oh. I mean, you don't really need to do much to make a hot and sexy Jason Voorhees. It's two words. Top off. It's, it's just wear a top. Sh- anyway. Wear wearing a boiler suit. Where's a vest? Is we wearing a boiler suit? Let's let's pop that boiler suit off. Or maybe just put him in some like grey sweatpants or something instead. Oh. So when <laughs> Sorry, that noise so big. Okay, so what about Freddy Krueger? Hmm. I mean, Freddy's all topped off for all of them. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. Here, all of them will be topless at all times, or in very, Freddy very Krueger short vests. Top. 
Can he I? Doesn't have the top. He's not actually no. But to be fair, no, he will still have a top on. We will be doing the classic Freddy Krueger like jumper, but it will be a sleeveless crop top. I think okay. the, the simplest way to make Freddy sexy is to just take the knives off of his forefinger and his second finger, and then. Oh Jesus, go, right. Adam! <laughs> oh my lord! What? <laughs> would you have it? Would you have the scene where it's like scraping along the floor? No, I'm, I'm <sighs> saying take the knives off those two fingers. There's not just to... those two. There's the others though, in there. Well, it's, well... Yeah. okay. Let's move on. What are they doing though that that warrants them to be arrested? Is it just there's laws against being sexy? No, they're committing just normal crimes, like murder. When you say normal, right? (laughs) I was going to say normal crimes. I would say is like insurance fraud or something. It would be an interesting subversion to have a lot of uh, horror movie villains that are known for horrific murder uh, to be doing things like committing tax fraud or scalping tickets. Freddy Krueger's pyramid scheme. (laughs) <laughs> Michael Myers has got an eighth of weed in his pocket that he was going to share with a couple of friends does anyone have anything to add to that or ask nope Nope. there is one thing I want to ask actually if he's a mummy you've made it sound like because he's going to be an ADR and everything that it's just going to be Gordon but is he not going to say anything any mummy like things as well like for example uh, he might say something like I wish I was back in my sarcophagus or something like that. Oh my god. But I want to hear him say it <laughs> in god. a golden voice. And I want you to do that for me, please, Kit. Yeah, okay. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I've been living a thousand years, big boy. <laughs> can I Not can I go? I gave you, but... <laughs> All right, yeah, fine. Yeah, big boy. Get back in that sarcophagus with those just your bones. <laughs> Go on, Adam. Say the line. What? Those bones, those mouldy, <laughs> mouldy lamb bones. Thank do you, the voice, oh, Adam. Do yeah, do the voice. And okay. those bones, those mouldy lamb bones. Very good. Thank you. Uh, I think we're ready to move on from that. Uh, yes. Good pick. Yeah, I do like it. All right. So next we have James. Yep. Your first prompt is. Chess, war, oh. <laughs> and pigeons. And it must feature Gordon Ramsay, don't forget. Your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Okay, so we need a hit new TV series, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what's been very popular recently, there's been The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. And various other shows. Um, mm. but I want to capitalise on that buzz by making a CGI cartoon about pigeons during the Cold War spying for the Americans. Love it. Okay. Now, I think you're, you're, you're thinking, because I, I can tell, I can see the look in your eyes, who are we going to get to play an American pigeon? Hmm. You guessed it, Gordon Ramsay. Obviously. Already got him on board. He doesn't quite understand the pitch, but that's fine. Now, this TV show will be, you know, it's CGI Pigeon, so it's not going to be dead serious. There'll be a comedic element to it. But essentially what we're talking here is espionage slash 
chess criticism. Um, <laughs> in in the you know they'll 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 be tailing this um, Russian chess player who's wanting to defect to the US. And it, it's it's really a TV show about the stresses that that places on a pigeon. And mm-hmm. Gordon Ramsay, of course, as, as the head pigeon, will be in charge of a, a you know a, a group, which he's familiar with from his days as a chef. I don't know if you're familiar with his his chef days. I know he mainly just does, does TV now. But bank balance. There, you know, bank balance, of course. Who could forget? It's in the public. And it's really about trying to encourage a mild-mannered chess champion to defect so that he can tell the Americans all the secrets that he's learned. And that's my time. You've got 50 seconds left, are you sure? Every time. Very sure. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so James... uh quite boldly um given up most of your pitch time there but it is an interesting premise um so you want to examine the struggles of american pigeons during the cold war that are spying for the americans yes and you want gordon ramsay to play one of the pigeons is about all i got from that yes so what i want to know is like what kind of things are we going to be seeing from this Okay, so there'll be lots of sort of monitoring of the chess player in question, observing his meetings and such. Mm-hmm. It, it Essentially, what we're wanting is... Gordon's not the best with remembering lines, so <laughs> we're essentially just going to record him and then Bowfinger style edit that together into some sort of salvageable <laughs> program. <laughs> okay. Is there going to be a lot of, like... The, the Kitchen Nightmare style editing of like the sound and stuff like that. Yeah, but we're going to try and replicate stuff. that with pigeons. <laughs> okay. uh. So that's going to be just spliced in and a bunch of out of context clips are going to be shown and shit like that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. We've got a lot of stock footage of Russian people playing chess. And so <laughs> we're just going to CGI some pigeons over that. Nice. If, if, it's, if it's friendly to a budget, that's fine with me. Um, I guess another thing I want to know is what kind of... This sounds like an ensemble cast kind of piece. Absolutely. So who else would you have accompanying Gordon? Gary Rhodes, Nigella Lawson, Mike Vieri. Your first poll was Gary Rhodes. Gary Rhodes. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just corroborating this. I believe Gary Rhodes may have to record his lines, yes, from Beyond the Grave. He did pass away two years ago, unfortunately. He did. did. Yeah, sadly. But he could be like a hologram. No, he's a voice acting. Yeah, like a voice hologram. This is is the thing. We'll just do it the same way we're doing Gordon's. We'll take existing dialogue that Gary's (laughs) delivered and we'll sync it up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love how Joe keeps making it so I have to question her on the the pitch that isn't even hers. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Give me attention. Fucking chaos yeah. demon. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Um, okay, so Gary Rhodes, good start, dead person. Uh, you also <laughs> said Nigel Lawson. Again, yep. not American, um, as far as I'm aware. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri, that's fine. He, the final one, the one American. 
Yeah, because of budgetary reasons, he'll be serving as the vocal coach for the rest. <laughs> right. So you want, okay, you want Guy Fieri mm-hmm. to coach a dead man <laughs> who is going Listen. to have, as you said, spliced together dialogue. You're going to have Guy Fieri <laughs> coach that into an American accent. Can you explain that, please? Oh, well, no, we'll just apply an American filter to that. That's fairly simple. There you go. How, so how's Guy Fieri coaching that? Because he's 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 providing the material for the AI. Suddenly oh, the budget you, went up dramatically. Yeah, seriously. You feed in the dialogue that Gary's delivered, you get Guy to replicate yeah. it, and then it translates that. Okay, let's move on. Does anyone else have anything to add or ask about? Yeah, that? I, I just I, I feel like we need to really address the elephant in the room, which is the this property's incredibly similar, like massive similarities and likeness that it resembles to the 2005 animated wartime pigeon film Valiant, which also featured a large ensemble cast. Um, mm. is, is this set at all in the Valiant verse, James? We won't specify that it isn't. Okay. But because of the association with Ricky Gervais, we definitely yes. won't say that it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the fact that you even know who's in that film blows my mind. It's the it's a fucking star studded cast, honestly. Have you never heard of this? Is it good? No, 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 Okay, so we're going to be basing this on one of Gordon's hilarious quips. So because it's chess, we'll be calling it Check, Please. (laughs) Very good, very good. Okay, so let's move on to our next contestant, which is Joe. Hello. Hello. Your first prompt (laughs) is Amateur Sleuth. Uh, Again? What? Yeah. Honestly, came out right after each other. Fucking hell. Babies mm. and Teletubbies. Oh, okay. Easy. I remember Gordon Ramsay's got to be in it. Is there a particular got... genre that it has to be? No. No, okay. What I will say is I've got an idea of what you might do, and I'm just hoping you don't do that, but I won't say until after you finish. I think we all are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your three-minute pitch starts now. Hello everyone and thank you for coming to my pitch today. We are going to be talking about a new TV series that has just started production. We're really excited to tell you all about it today. First of all, we're going to tell you about our head name that we've managed to associate to this project and it's none other than the celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay. He's agreed to be part of this project. We're all very happy for him to be involved. Without further ado, let me tell you more about this series. So it's it's a basically it's a kids TV show about amateur sleuths. And in this instance, because previously shows with non-named amateur sleuths have been received badly by executive producers called Joe. <laughs> so in this instance, this amateur sleuth has a name, and he is actually Gordon Ramsay. So Gordon Ramsay's gonna be playing our main protagonist, and basically Gordon he goes around this world of babies kind of like the Teletubby universe in that there's babies there and like giant rabbits and stuff and he solves crimes that have happened in the Teletubby universe like who is the identity of the sun that is a baby and (laughs) Tubby Toast what is it made of 
those、oh. rabbits are they actually that size, or are they bred to be big? The Teletubbies, how tall are they? I heard once that some Teletubbies are six foot five. That's that's mad. It's so tall. So Gordon Ramsay is going to be solving all these crimes and more in the hit new TV series about amateur sleuthing, babies, and, and Teletubbies. <laughs> and our target demographic is children, as I said. It's going to be on HBO Max. <laughs> and there will be swearing because it's on HBO Max, and there will also be nudity. Same reasons as above. Jesus Christ! But it's an educational、oh, no. show. It's educational. It's it's sex ed for kids.、Oh. So like it's like the Teletubbies, but you know when they they go into the screens and then they go into the real world and they meet children and then the children teach the Teletubbies about something. It's like that, but how babies are made. Fucking hell! I have thirty-five seconds left. Time for the theme、yes, tune. It's the Amateur Sleuth Babies Television Show. Teletubbies and Gordon Ramsay. It's so fun. Television show. Amateur Sleuth played by Gordon Ramsay. Babies, how are they made? Teletubbies, how is Teletubby toast made? Noo noo. Fucking hell. My remaining five seconds will be for questions. Oh, I have fucking questions. All right. I'm sorry, we ran out of time. <laughs> we ran out of time. Oh my god! <laughs> Please send any questions you have to our email address provided. Joe, I, I need to question you on several things. <laughs> First、yeah. of all, you said this is a world of babies. Yeah. And then, not long after that, said this is there's going to be nudity and sex education. <laughs>、oh, no. I need you to clarify that. For you. I don't know if a podcast can be demonetized. I、yeah. feel like it could be. Yeah. Greenlit、um, is cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> And I also want to point out: this is very minor in, in,、yeah. the, in the grand scheme of things. I love how everyone in this round so far has already produced something before being greenlit. So, according to you, this is already in, like production. Well, you know, you've got to have the pilot made to pitch at these meetings, so that's in production.、Right. Okay, so you've already produced a baby sex educational Teletubby crime show. Yeah. Also, swearing you said. Now that's not that's not beyond the realms of Gordon Ramsay, obviously. But I、yeah. want to know why he has any reason to swear at babies and Teletubbies. Well, he won't be swearing at the babies. He will be swearing for the viewers. You know how the the Teletubbies has a narrator, like, and now the Teletubbies wake up in the morning and they <clears> go downstairs <throat> and they get their toast and they go ah. So he's it's Gordon Ramsay. He's the voiceover, but he's also an amateur sleuth. So okay, what? <laughs> So you gave us a couple of、uh, crimes there. Well, not so much crimes, much as why mysteries. You said, "Are these rabbits actually this big, or are they bred to be that way?" Which I don't think is mutually exclusive. <laughs> I don't know why those are the two options. So, <laughs> what 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 would be the outcome of that case exactly? But you know the bit where they go in the tummies and it's the screen, and then they、yes. do like a small documentary. So that's、yeah. where this part would be. <laughs> a small documentary. <laughs> a small docu series about. What was it I was just talking about? You tell me. You tell me, mate. Your pitch. You're the one that's got the pilot produced. That was it. And they basically investigate. It's like Greg Wallace, but it's Gordon Ramsay. He's like, now we'll be looking at these rabbits and finding out if they are actually large rabbits or if they are normal-sized rabbits. 
in a large or small world. Like that. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to say, are they actually large rabbits? Are they actually large rabbits or are they just up really close? The babies don't know. That's why we educate them. I'm not sure what we're educating them on. Sex education? Sex, yeah. Sex is the main one. So how does that come about? Pardon the pun, I guess. Well, it's easy because you've got the big rabbits, haven't you? So... Okay, so this is... How long a series is this? Let's say episode length and how many episodes in a season? It's 15 minutes. 15, one five, uh, per episode. But Mm -hmm. classic Teletubbies formula is about five to ten minutes of that will be repeated. So they go into the Teletubbies baby bellies, they watch the docuseries, and then they come out and then they're like, yay, again, 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 again! Watch it again, Mm -hmm. which means it's really cheap production values because we're just copying it is very cheap yes footage yeah uh which i appreciate it also may be considered propaganda to repeatedly show babies rabbits fucking each other mm. well it's educational mm. it's nature what what you're making it sound like they all gather around these teletubbies they all look inside its tv belly yeah. And just see rabbits fucking with no context. Like real no, no, no. realistic rabbits. Gordon Ramsay narrates it, don't forget, where he's yeah. like, wow, look at this Poor rabbit. Boy. It's ejaculating into its mate. Wow. <laughs> right. I can't believe it. That, he doesn't say that. What does Fuck he say me. then? These rabbits are fucking... Oh, okay. Yeah, How's sorry. Ex- excuse me for my incredibly vulgar suggestion this of using the scientific terminology. Boom. Okay. All right. <laughs> he's filling this what? rabbit with... Dusty old green dust with its bone. Wait, what? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> He's filling this rabbit with his dusty old green dust. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a fictionalized representation of it's to make it more entertaining. And appropriate for younger viewers. So it's not actually no. educational anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't, so, <laughs> you know how if you have an advert about period, the period is represented by a blue slime? Yeah? To make it comfortable yeah. for I other audiences. No, no. Well, whatever, a goo. <laughs> no, blue goo. But look, this is the equivalent. So you can't show ejaculate children or babies. Okay, so Gordon's like breaking the infection propaganda. The Teletubbies are trying to teach kids. Oh no, it's dust, green yeah. dust, and and and. They get it wrong. Gordon, Ram- I feel like my brain's just shutting down as I'm saying this. Yeah, but, but Gordon that's Ramsay children's television. In. Gordon Ramsay comes in and goes, "No, fucking idiot! It's not green dust." And then what does he say? It's jism. <laughs> that voice. <laughs> I generally couldn't tell that was at first. <laughs> okay, that's me told. Anyone got anything to add or ask? There, there ain't no top in that, I don't think. I want to congratulate Joe on finding the, the last example of nudity that you can get away with on kids' TV, which is animal nudity. It's educational. And there will be human nudity, but in a very oh, non-sexualised educational literally way. literally gave you an opening. <laughs> Joe, you can't, you can't use. James what? was being so kind and trying to help you out of the sticky situation you put yourself in. <laughs> okay. Kit, did you have something to add? No, to be honest, I've just been trying to catch my breath since, yeah. the, since <laughs> the theme song. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, you do definitely will get points for the for the, the, yes. the theme song. No one's ever done that before, so I'll give you I that. I definitely wasn't just trying to fill time. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, I need a title then. 
Oh shit. Um This is why I leave it till after. Sex Ed with Gordon Ramsay and the Teletubbies. There you go. Sex Ed. Okay. All right. Adam, we're moving on to you. Pulling back the curtain a little bit. I do mm-hmm. randomly draw these. 100% yep. I do. But I do it before the show, so I'm prepared. Adam, this would seem rigged. Adam, yes. your three prompts are YouTube, okay. Norse mythology, okay, Jesus, and Adam Bibolo. <laughs> Not joking. That was what you got. <laughs> Remember, it's got to include Gordon Ramsay. Your pitch starts in three, two, one. Hey everyone, it's me, Adam Bibolo from twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo. Thank you so much for being here for my pitch today. Folks, have I got the TV show for you. This is going to be something that you're all going to want to get invested on, getting on the ground floor. This is going to make all of us very, very rich and very happy together. Now, Gordon Ramsay, it's very, very painfully obvious. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just diving straight in. Gordon Ramsay, we're all on board. We all know who that is. It's very, very painfully obvious. If you look at his body of work, The man no longer gives a shit about cooking, and he is desperate to get out into broad entertainment by any means necessary. Bank Balance was a good start. It was a nice little attempt at getting into the world of game shows, but it didn't quite work out. He was toying around with some Teletubbies idea for a little while, and it didn't get past the censors. He's desperately trying to find a way to get into sort of a more broad kind of... a different kind of entertainment that is not just food-based. Now, I personally have a great love of Norse mythology myself and I thought that maybe it's about time that we brought the world of Norse mythology to the modern generation. It's time that the Zoomers started getting an appreciation for the Norse mythology and I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that would be googling Norse mythology right now to actually get an idea of some of the heavy hitters. <laughs> I, I love this shit. I know it off the top of my head and mm. I want to share my love with the rest of the world, but no one's going to pay to see me on the telly talking about this stuff. And yes, I could do it on YouTube, but no one's going to really be looking at that because let's be honest, folks, twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo, yes, it's got a nice little following, but it's not going to get the big figures that we're looking for to get rich on here. We need a heavy hitter like Gordon Ramsay. And as I say, he's desperate for anything that's not food related. So desperate that he's willing to do a show with the likes of me, his biggest fan, and someone that's doing a podcast about him where we can talk about the likes of Heimdall and Freya and all the other classics of Norse mythology that I love so much and so dearly. Um, like Thor? Oh, Thor, yes! Sorry, I remember, I'm remembering now how much I love this stuff, that Thor and Loki are such big parts of it. Uh, and- they're owned by Marvel now. Ah, that's just a that's just a variant of them. That's just one version. But me and Gordon will drill down into the actual actual history of these figures and where they come from. And mm. I, um, <laughs> yes. So there's to, to make this more of a multimedia like big money spinning thing we've decided that me and gordon are going to partner up on some norse mythology nfts where you'll be able to get like a non-fungible replica it'll be me and gordon with our arms folded stood in front of various norse gods norse mythology figures and so just ask 
Fuck. Time's up, I'm afraid. No oh, more. No more. <laughs> oh, no more okay, just just before we get into the question I... round, uh, pr- producer yeah. Joe, just a little. Mm. You can feel free to cut this out. I shouldn't yes, probably shouldn't be do. in the actual recording. Yeah. Um, in future, can you only give me prompts about things that I know lots of stuff about? Because you're, you're fucking killing you mean me like here, yourself? buddy. Yeah, well, Adam, you, suck you, a dick, you're, Adam. You're, you're killing me here <laughs> right, with the Norse mythology and the high fantasy stuff. Is you need to. Come on, we had an agreement that I would come on your show and like mm-hmm. help you out here in return for you throwing me some softballs and this North, North mythology shit just isn't working for me. I can't do anything well, with this. I guess this. you ought to change your strategy. Okay, it's time for questions then, I guess. Is Gordon Ramsay... <laughs> that a lot more... Well, lot well, more well, it's... Hang on, I asked the question producers, first. yes. Oh, sorry. I thought okay. you said Joe is in me. Producer, no. I keep saying producer. Joe. <laughs> I am yeah. a producer of something. Well, in the last, in the last, bit, it sounds more like reproducer Joe. But we'll move on. Wow, <laughs> that's that's wow. Mm-hmm. Adam, uh, I, yep. Adam, I need to, Adam, I need to know how you didn't know Thor and Loki off the bat there, because you gave us Heimdall as you called him and Freya, but uh, mm-hmm. didn't tell me anything about them. And you couldn't even give me that Thor shoots lightning, or Loki is a bit of a a bit of a pest. Would that have helped the pitch if I'd have just said, "Oh, and by if the way, Loki, Loki's a bit of a pest"? Just Again, so you know, it's a bit it's a bit of incorporation. It would have been like, okay, uh, okay, all right. You, you know, know you, how would how would how would Gordon feel about Loki? Yep, you know, yep. Okay, you know what? Um, you make a good point, and I'll say I'll say it. I'll say what you're trying to get out here. What you want me to say? I'm fucking I'm I'm thick as pig shit. All right, is that what you wanted? I, I don't know anything about mythology. I don't know anything about high fantasy. You're probably going to give me something really complicated like algebra in the third one. Now, personally, Adam, I would have gone with the whole, you know, while you guys were learning about Norse mythology, I was drowning in pussy. But you yeah. go your own way. Well, that is that is genuinely, genuinely, Joe, that is the truth. But these lot don't want to hear about that, apparently. So <laughs> okay, it's like... We're sick of hearing you okay, drowning Adam, in pussy. Adam, I need... If, as that would have made massive difference. It's just, again, it's incorporation. And you're talking about, oh, well, it's a hard subject and everything. That's fine. I gave you yourself. How could you not even... You, the most you could say about yourself was, no one wants to see me. So how is that, how is that conducive to the pitch where you're a third of the, of the product? Look. <laughs> yes. It's... I, I, I panicked, all right? You want, yes. you, want the, you want the God's honest truth. I saw Norse mythology coming out, and I panicked. Mm. And then when you followed it up with me, I was like, well, what am I going to do with Norse mythology except not know anything about it? All right? If you'd, okay. There it is. What about there it YouTube. is. YouTube. YouTube. You, had, you, you watch YouTube, I assume? I, but how am I going to include Norse mythology? This is, this is what I'm saying. You need to give me What three. I'm hearing here is a lot of excuses that no one else has used. Because no one else has got the... <sighs> I thought you it come was. Come in here and big league me and then go, no one wants to see me. I come have to give off, for the sake of my persona and for the brand that I have carefully crafted over the years, I have to give off this false air of humbleness and shyness, which we both know isn't actually legitimate. So I have to say stuff <laughs> like, no one wants to see me. But you're right. I tried big leaguing you here, Joe, and I thought that me coming onto your show, I was trying to help mm-hmm. you out here and do a favor for a mate. And I thought in return that we agreed that you were going to give me nothing but absolute bangers fine but this is your chance to make up for that and all you've done so far is say well d- d- hard so like I'm, I'm, you know I need, I need something from you here this is your chance to bring it back 
I'm okay, all right, all right, okay, yeah, let's turn it around, let's turn it around, let's just edit all that last bit out, in fact, cut out everything I've said so far, and let's just do the pitch again, um, starting now, yeah? So I'm not doing the pitch again. Oh, but, um, cut me some slack you've here. Done, you've done the pitch, you've done the pitch, no one gets a rego of the pitch. All right. Well, sure? you, okay. Adam what? is on, have you heard, sorry, Adam is on the, actually you're a podcast, did you not know? You're on a podcast now, mine, so yeah. can we get in line, Okay. I'm trying to help you here. Joe, are you hearing this? We're important, though. That's it. And we've been been made to feel not very important, is what it is. You know know that meme where it's the woman in the swimming pool holding a little baby up, and then there's like a drowning kid? That is Kit and James at the moment, who (laughs) are trying to play a game while you two (laughs) giving it big and over something that Adam could have done very easily. They fucking love it, okay? They're sitting there like, wow, we get to hear our favourite podcast. <laughs> really funny and clever on this I, I did not say that. Please, can I please just make my joke? Go ahead. Go on. Much like the Teletubbies, Adam wanted softballs. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know about this pitch is... Okay, maybe you could turn this into, because you don't know about Norse mythology. That's fine. That's part of the process. You might not, you know, understand yet. It's part of the process. If you don't know about it, one, you can assume what you like, or two, you could make that part of it. So maybe Gordon Ramsay is the Norse expert, and you're the one who's learning off him. Or Gordon Ramsay's learning about Norse mythology. Well, yeah, but Adam's the one That's who said he doesn't know about Norse mythology. So why can't... Adam be the one who doesn't know, and he learns from Gordon. But Gordon Ramsay might not know. Well, you could say that about either of them, but Adam's confirmed he doesn't know. We don't know about Gordon. This is a fantasy scenario. <laughs> this is the problem with Adam being in the show. This is the issue with Adam being in the show, is that he has to. he's a character, right, in the show. Well, no, the, the show is... I, I pictured it as documentary, not like fiction. Oh. This and are you a... making the documentary? I'm are in you the... like a Louis Theroux type guy? Oh, that would have been way better. No, I'm in the documentary. <laughs> um, that's that's what I committed to. <laughs> What's um, your purpose in the documentary? To me, it's you know what I pictured is like you know that Gordon does that travel show with his mates Gino and that other lad. I pictured yeah. it as being like that, but we replaced two of the actually famous entertaining people with me instead. And instead of like fun times right. and hijinks, we, we are learning about Norse mythology. Right. Okay. So maybe you could go to Norway or Sweden with Gordon Ramsay. Is oh, that is the that where it's, that you're looking at? Is that where it's from? Okay. Well, we're really, we're really <laughs> like starting at the bottom. Can we, this is can why we you need to give time. me better prompts. Can we take some time just to quiz Adam on Norse mythology? Just just to be clear on this, this is why I feel so attacked, is because I know loads about sexy versions of classic horror villains, psychics, sliced alone, mm. chess, war, pigeons, amateur sleuths, babies, teletubbies. I know loads about all of that, yeah. and yet I get the shittiest possible prompt that I could have received in the form of Norse mythology. You've got <laughs> yourself in that same one. That clearly balances it out as far as I'm concerned. Listen, because it came up with Norse mythology, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't know anything about that. Who doesn't know anything about Norse mythology? Adam Bibolo. It just like amplified the fact that I don't know anything about this and I have nothing to say about it. That's the problem I've got here, Joe. You also had Gordon Ramsay, who may I remind you, is a subject of one of your podcasts. I don't know what to say to that, mate. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I've just, this is, I, I feel okay. 
very much sabotaged here. We are looking at this at too, too big a picture. We need to zoom in and we need to focus here. It's fine that you were not happy with that prompt, okay? But all I want to know is, just give me something that we'd see on this show. Okay, um, you would see me and Gordon sat at a laptop and me being like, I'm not very interested in this subject. And Gordon <laughs> being sat there like, come I on, big like, boy, get into it. I feel like that's more sabotaging than anything I've done, but okay. <laughs> I have a question. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Sure, Joe, yeah. Will we get an episode or a part of an episode where Gordon Ramsay proves that he's worthy of Mjolnir? No, definitely not. Um, what? Genuinely, legitimately sorry for how this has gone off the rails. I didn't mean to get so flustered. I didn't mean to get Can so... I'm really sorry, Adam. I know I have to interrupt. Joe, he could be called Thorden Ramsey. <laughs> well, that's, thank you for ruining the one creative bit I did have with my title, Joe. That's um, great. I, there was one thing I was confident about where it's like, well, at least I've got a good title to back it up, and you've just fucking spoiled it for me. Joe, well, I, I was trying to apologise. I was trying to bring the tone back down and say sorry, and you just no. fucked me over. Joe, I laughed really loudly at your joke just there, so can I win this round? Adam, what was the title Joe. you had in mind? Hang on, Joe. Please. I'll, I'll just give you a second. Twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo presents Thornton Ramsey. Oh, it was literally right. just Thornton Ramsey. Okay. It was Thornton Ramsey. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I laughed. Thank you. <laughs> now, look. I, I, again, I'll go back to my apology. I'm going to be the bigger person here, and I'm going to try and say that I'm really sorry for okay. derailing things. I'm sorry for... How this has come out, I am genuinely trying here. I want to do better than I'm doing right now. But we're focusing on what's gone wrong when really we should yeah. be focusing on the sheer potential that these NFTs yes, of me and Gordon Ramsay have. And can, can that be the promotional no. teaser of Adam just sincerely apologizing? <laughs> <laughs> the poster is just you. a notes app apology. <laughs> Adam, thank you, because you did remind me of the other thing I wanted to ask you about, which was the NFTs. Why are mm. you relying on NFTs exactly? Genuine question. What do you mean relying on? Well, you brought it into the last one, which it wasn't prompt. And it wasn't oh, I prompt did, didn't I? Day. Yeah. So mm. why, why is that? Why is that a thing you go into exactly? Is I, it part of the money-making thing? Like you just want this to make as much money as possible quickly? I, I, I thought because this is called Greenlit, and I have been using a green pen for my notes here as well. I've, I've just been thinking about like this is obviously it's yes, there's a, there's a certain bit of like yes, we're like trying to get some creativity on the go here. But the main main thrust of this game, I thought, was to try and make money with these ideas. And legitimately, there is no better money-making. Scam. Let's be honest. What it is? Scam. <laughs> um, you say that part quietly. Than yeah. NFTs at the minute. That's that's purely all it is. Gordon Scamsy. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, uh, what I want to just add here is yes, absolutely, making money is part of the goal. But what you've got to understand is when I give you a round focus, that's the thing you've got to pro prioritize. So. In this one, it was adding Gordon Ramsay, which and you I did. did that. And you did, did very that. well. Yeah. So I win. So no issues that whatsoever. Thank I'm you. I'm only saying that because you don't have to pressure yourself to add more stuff to make money. As long as you hit that goal, you're fine, baby. So okay. Okay. I have no issues. I have no issues with the pitch, other than oh, as you pointed out. Wow. <laughs> other than you, as you said, there's a lot of potential. But instead of discussing what that potential could have been. We've gone on about the negatives. But, like, yeah, what I want to know is, 
what we would see. And the first thing he gave me was, you looking disinterested. <laughs> Again, it's a pitch. You're selling it to me. So okay, what, on, what would... to be on Adam's side for a second, if I yes, may, as yes. his executive producer. I, I'm on his side, by the way. It's telling a journey of his interest. And he starts off okay. as interested, but he becomes interested in the topic as he learns what Norse mythology is. Right, Adam? Yeah. Wish that would have come from Adam. <laughs> it did. I'm his spokesperson. Okay. And you're happy with that, are you, Adam? Yes. Love it. <laughs> okay. That was a hell of a round, wasn't it? Okay. Wow. Well, you all fulfilled the remit of, you know, adding Gordon Ramsay. Shit. The test the real test here was how we would incorporate him. How what does he work best in? And I think you all had well, most of you have had the thought of he's good at this, so let's translate it to this. I feel like the person who did that best was Kit. So I am going to give her top points for that. Fair. Because the thing that she pointed out was uh, ADR, um, saying things like, you know, having stuff taken out of context and spliced together. That's his whole deal. That's probably what he should stick with, being honest. But um, yeah, and also I really like the, again, the synergy, the incorporation, the inclusion of everything as one cohesive unit, which is the sexy monsters being chased down by Sylvester Stallone and a, a buddy cop who is also a monster. Brilliant. I love that idea. Second place is a little harder because, ooh, these were all so good. Yes. Yes. I'm going to give second place to going to be james Fuck's because sake. it's marketable as we've seen with valiant apparently mm. it's a marketable idea he had budgets uh in mind set with the ai stuff i don't really think that's necessary we could probably avoid all that but just not casting a fucking dead person but um you know something for something for consideration later so james you get three points and now we come to the other pitches the other really good pitches uh, yeah, the brilliant, awesome pitches. You know what's going to decide this for me, unbelievably, is the fact that, Adam, you pitched this for YouTube, yes? Oh, I forgot, I forgot about that. Yep, sure, yes. sure did. So it is, I mean, I understand it's a prompt. It was meant to be a TV show. And you pitched it for a YouTube show. It technically doesn't make it TV. So no. I, do, I do have to give that to Joe. I feel I should win this whole round based on my theme song. Please. That gives you the that gives you the points over a, Adam as well. A point, thank you. I think I should win this whole round. Actually, this whole episode. I, I'm willing to go at my first place. Thank you, Kit, thank you, Kit. Kit understands. Kit. She gets it. Kit. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Me and Kit, we're okay. working together now. Okay. Oh. Me and her. It's not, and it's not. Kit's giving me first place because of the theme Kit. song. It's not the producer, but well, she could but, be. But you're right. Yes, that theme song was something unprecedented. Gershon. So, as a compromise, I will put you above James. Whoa! Oh, whoa! 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 Unfair. Okay. Sorry, we I, cannot let someone get away with bullying their way up the leaderboard like this. I'm fine with winning, but like just taking James's Adam, place just seems unfair. <laughs> Adam, Adam, yeah. If you don't like the bullying, 
Perhaps you shouldn't have called us all virgins. I just don't like the idea of Joe pushing herself past James. By... I don't like that either. I think I should just win. Yeah, James, what do you think? I was graciously giving giving my second place to Joe, and she interrupted me <laughs> to say something monstrous, something really. James, James, good news, you're back to second place. Uh, For fuck's sake, we can't let this I'm monster first, win, right? I'm in first. Adam, oh my god, Adam, you got the one point there. So let's, I know, I know, well deserved. For the, of, for the love of God, let's move on, please. <laughs> Right, so the final round, the movie round. Yes. You know what? I'm just going to decide in now. Gets you double points. Okay, we're at the final round, the movies round. And as I've said previously, it's going to be double points. This is going to be the decider, most likely. Uh, This is my bread and butter, after all. I'm... First and foremost, a movie producer. Can we please treat me as the way I am? <laughs> and <laughs> the first competitor, as we've had before, is Kit. Are you ready, Kit? I am indeed. Now, what I'm going to do with this one, for the round focus, is something slightly different. Mm-hmm. For each of you, at the start of your pitch, I'm going to assign you a director for that movie. Ooh. I have none in mind at the moment. So it's going to be completely just off my, off the top of my head as soon as I give you your prompts, okay? What mm-hmm. if we don't know who the director is because we're idiots? I will give you another one. Don't okay, thank you. That. Kit, are you ready? I am indeed. So your prompts are mm-hmm. a road trip, James Bond, and specifically the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I can already hear Adam seething right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you can guess who the director's going to be. It's Michael Bay. <laughs> Your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Well, I have been thinking about this a lot, about Michael Bay and uh, and his place, uh, particularly within the film canon. Uh, are you aware that uh, Michael Bay has two films in the Criterion Collection? And that is something I feel like I want to lean into. Michael Bay for too long has been a mainly focused on action movies and really playing to his strengths. But I, I've, I've actually decided um, what we're going to do is we're going to give him an opportunity to actually expand his horizons uh, as a filmmaker. So what is happening is that in this universe, there are a bunch of people that are working in Los Angeles, particularly around Chinese theatre, and they're all actors. They're, they're all, well, Want, uh, actors who want to make it big but at the moment they're currently doing character costume stuff so there's one guy who's dressed as James Bond, there's ones that are dressed as Sp- Spider-Man, it's a different series of Spider-Mans but one of them very specifically is very obsessed with just the uh, as getting the most art- accurate version of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man outfit mm-hmm. now in order to do this uh, he is actually going to have to go to like across the country uh, down to Florida where someone has a pro- like an actual suit from the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man so both of them uh, they will they will also both be in costume this entire time uh, both Spider-Man and the James Bond actor are going to go on a road trip learn and at first obviously they're not going to really know too much they're like good friends, but they don't really know each other. Like they, they speak to each other quite friendly, but uh, 
the reason that they've done this is James Bond's the only one with a car and it's kind of more of a favour and over the time eventually they start to bond and start to understand each other and you may think that like I'm not leaning into a lot of Michael Bay's strengths but we are still going to go in within his strength of movies like Bad Boys where you are creating just a male relationship and male bonding experience between these two impressionists and by the time they get there they eventually realise that they've they've grown beyond these personas, these ideas and these people that they pretend to be and they're going to just be themselves and they decide just at the cusp of when they are finally getting to the place where they're going to pick up the screen accurate Sam Raimi Spider-Man costume they're just they're just gonna leave they're just gonna have a good time and enjoy the rest of their time in Florida before going back and uh, actually taking this acting thing seriously time's up okay Kip thank you for that um I think it's a little what's the word I should use a little suspect that I gave you Michael Bay and then you really went we're gonna make Michael Bay do something different for this one so, you know, a little bit negating the choice that I gave you. but so That's fair, but I, I believe at this point, what has Michael Bay actually got left to prove? I mean, that's this not is... the raison d'etre. That's not yeah, why but... I gave you the prompt. Yeah, but Michael Bay at this point needs to do something. Like, obviously, we might have a car explode or something. Like, we're still going to bring some stuff in there. But I, I really believe that, like, realistically, we need to consider the fact that, like, Michael Bay already has films in the Criterion collection, and, like, he still can do his big swooping 360 shots and all this stuff, but we're going to really put it into the small-scale road movie situation. It makes sense to me, because, like, it's like it's about time that Michael Bay got a passion project. Yeah, and the thing about it is that he's working, like, the, the two impressions are working within, like, James Bond stuff and Sam Raimi Spider-Man, so he can do his own, like, Spider-Man type stuff, some own James Bond things. So there'll be still, like, some action elements, but for the most part, it is a very self-contained, kind of lower-key story with maybe some action elements here and there. There's something interesting you do with movies in particular, Kit, and I'm not sure why it's just with movies, which is you get very meta. You get very analytical of it. So you get stuff like, well, it's not Spider-Man and James Bond, it's the actors of James Bond and Spider-Man. Not um, even just the actors, they are they are literally people that are portraying these characters, like, kind of almost like busking, like, outside, like, in LA. Regardless, like, you, you don't go for the character I gave you. You did it with the Winnie the Pooh one as well, where you had this massive crossover event and you turned it into a court case about, like, a copyright or something. It's not an insult or anything. Um, I'm just wondering why you pull the camera back so much for movies in particular. I just think it's more interesting. I, th- I think okay. there's a there's more interesting elements than just trying to smash. With Michael Bay, it is this thing of that he he's always he's always done these kind of like it would still be very flashy, it would still be very nice. But I I like this idea of bringing these like big flashy elements, but to a smaller scale story. Because he's always done these big, massive scale things. But what what if we take the Michael Bay tropes and the ideas of a Michael Bay movie and really push them into like a smaller indie-style project? Uh, I still think that negates the point of giving you Michael Bay as a as a prompt, if I'm being honest. Again, I'm a producer. Uh, and, and to be fair, have we, have we spoken to Michael Bay? You lot seem to pick and choose when we've spoken to someone or not already. So I don't know, Kit, you tell me. I don't know. I'll, I'll talk to Sylvester, see what's going on. 
what I want to know, Kit, is what are we going again? What are we going to see in it? Because again, you focused on the meta, the outside of it. You brought up it is in the Criterion Collection for some reason, twice, <laughs> and I want to know what the movie's going to have. Well, the movie, what's well, it's the typical road movie. They're going to go to different states, going from LA to Florida. They're going to experience all sorts of like either wacky hijinks or like weird stuff going on. We will now. You've probably, done that before. Done no, we will. You, said, you want, if you want, do you want me to have a specific thing? Because we will push within a Michael Bay thing. Like you get yes. directed by Michael Bay, you're going to expect an explosion. We're going to have one explosion, and it's going to be an accident that's caused after they leave a gas station. What it just what, happened? <laughs> they both of them are very much into the idea of accuracy. So the James mm-hmm. Bond's like impersonator does have a real gun, and he's left the safety <laughs> off by accident, and it shoots a gas tank and explodes. And that as they're running, as they're walking away from this gas station. Okay. So the people inside the gas station are just fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's part of their thing of eventually realizing what are they actually doing with their lives, trying to, it's like, why focus so much on these franchises and these ideas instead of just being people and being their own person? What I would bring to you, and I'm going to go to other people in a second, there's just one more thing I want to ask you. Some people, I think, would argue having the actual characters I gave you in a road trip movie would be more interesting than people who aren't those characters. What, do, what, how would you respond to that? What's your, what's your specific pitch within the pitch that no, this is more inherently more interesting. I feel like it's inherently more interesting. Michael Bay is part of this big action movie and big franchise thing. As he's done, he's made franchises before. He's done this. I think it's more interesting instead of just smashing the characters together. It doesn't. I don't think it's as interesting as actually. Like, because realistically, why would James Bond like? I would to try and think of it. It's like realistically, how would you uh, smash together Sam Raimi Spider Man and James Bond? It makes not as much sense as that. If those people were just being impersonators that were on the street, they're always around each other. That's like if there's always like there'll be like a James Bond, there'll be a Jack Sparrow, there'll be like five Spider Men. And I know I always go kind of meta, but I think a lot of it is because I I, I do believe smaller scale mm-hmm. films are just more interesting and a lot better pitches than just crossovers. Which that's maybe perf- th- that's perfectly valid. I don't want to mm-hmm. sound like I'm just shitting on that idea. That is perfectly valid. I'm just I, I'm having to look at this as a producer, and I, I think if the the thing I would ask there is, you've got James Bond and you've got Spider Man. Let's say we went with just the characters. There's a lot there you could ask, like what would Spider Man think of James Bond's inherent misogyny or something like that. Whereas you've got two impersonators, but like they could be impersonating anyone. What, what's yeah. part of the story that makes them important or relevant? I think within it realistically is this idea that you've got two different uh, you've got two different characters who are played across the board by several mm-hmm. different people. You've got this idea that it's like entirely new franchises, or in the James Bond case, sometimes it's the same guy, sometimes it's not. With with it would be the case of that this would be like the James Bond impersonator just kind of is a generic James Bond, and he's never really considered 
is he a Roger Bohr? Is he Daniel Craig? Like, is he a Pierce Brosnan? Like, he's never considered mm-hmm. that idea. But the Sam Raimi Spider-Man impersonator has very much established, like, it is just Sam Raimi that he's interested in. So there's an mm-hmm. interesting, like, chat that they can have when it's like, have you actually ever thought deeply about James Bond as a character? It's like, no, I just liked the suit and it was easy to do. Okay. All right. I think you defended that quite well. What's uh, has anyone else got anything to add? My question was asked and answered, which was going to be which James Bond. Hmm. Okay. Will Will there be any Chad Kroger on the soundtrack? Um, I I think. Or not, it could uh, be it could be Lincoln Park because it is Michael Bay. I mm. I feel like a Chad Kroger would work, but it would be it wouldn't be a Nickelback. It would be a specific Chad Kroger acoustic track. Right. Good to know. Maybe you could sing all the Bond songs. Yeah. I think what's got me about this is like it's very sensible. Which coming after what we've just been through in the last round, I think is like giving me a bit of a tonal whiplash. So okay. I think I've accepted it. Um what title though? I think screen accurate Spider Man. Why just Spider-Man? Because it's, that's kind of their main quest and their main the main MacGuffin is the screen accurate. Or just screen right. accurate, if we want to go just screen accurate. I, I like that better, I'll be honest with you. Screen accurate yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, I think screen accurate. Yeah, okay. I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay, so we're on to the next contestant, which is James. You okay there, James? Your first prompt is David Attenborough. Hell. Hell, as in H-E-L-L. Yes. And another one for any wrestling fans, The Big Show. Right. And the director I'm going to give you is Spike Lee. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Are you familiar? I am. Okay, your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Okay. So the movie industry is in turmoil right now. The, the MCU has taken over. There's not much room for the serious films. We want to ask the big questions. And we need the biggest person to ask those questions. That's right, it's Paul, no more BS, White, the big show. We want to know, can animals go to hell? And so we're going to be making a documentary with David Attenborough. Mm-hmm. Where we look into the religious implications of can animals sin? Do rhinos feel guilty? <laughs> and it's basically going to be the big show going on safaris with David, <laughs> gra- grappling with the big questions and occasionally grappling r- with the animals because let's face it, <laughs> that's nature. That's that's how things go. Nature red in tooth and claw, the saying goes. And Big Show is more than up to the task. Who doesn't want to see Big Show body slam a hippo and then get into the philosophy of animal death? <laughs> <laughs> this this documentary is going to have the populist angle because it's got the Big Show, it's got WWE. It's also going to get that Blue Planet crowd, the people that just want to see nature and it's all its finery. And it's going to get the religious crowd in. 
you rarely get those three in the same place. Hmm. It might even cause turmoil in the cinemas because they won't get on. But it'll be interesting and it'll make money. Is, is that the end? That is the end. You're over a minute. Well, in that case, I'd like to mention that it'll be directed by Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe incorporate that into it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spike Lee is, is known for his powerful to-camera monologues, you know? Mm. We've got stuff like The 51st Hour. We've got Do the Right Thing. We mm. want the big show looking directly into the camera and going, you know, my dog Rocky killed a cat before he died. Where did he go? He's going to be pouring his heart out because that that man, if he can do anything, Big Show mm. can cry. Mm. True. And we're going to get we're going to get Spike Lee's ability to draw raw emotion out of people. We're going to get him his his. I don't know if you're familiar, but he he often does this thing where he just straps um, an actor to a camera, mm. and so basically the the. You'll, you'll see the world moving around them, but they'll be dead still in frame. Time's now, up. That's the end of the pitch. Thank you, James. Very thoughtful, um, mm-hmm. except for having to remind you that you had the director as well. So the MO here, the goal, mm-hmm. is yep. to find out if animals have sinned. I think, first of all, I need to establish sinned according to who? The Christian God. Wow. Catholic? Um, yeah, let's let's say Catholic. Old Testament or new? Old, absolutely old. What? <laughs> well, then they're all fucking sinners. They're all going to hell. Yeah, it's I all feel a like movie that's... Joe. They I spill like the seed on the ground all the goddamn time. Are we back on this? <laughs> do they? Do? I, I feel like animals don't masturbate as much as humans do. It's less about the masturbation and more about where the semen lies. Yeah, but the semen goes inside the animals, generally. Oh, not my even. God. Not Look, even I'm just a saying, in the Old Testament... Not even a fucking minute. God smote... I can't remember who his name was. It wasn't Job. It was one of the other one. Mm. For coming on his dead brother's wife's belly. So yeah, I th- I animals feel like do it was that. on the ground, wasn't it? <laughs> because he yeah, didn't want to get her pregnant. He didn't want to get her pregnant, yeah. Animals don't have those qualms, Joe. So They'll get they just, anyone pregnant. But I think that's adultery, and then that's a sin. Mm, this is this. These are the questions basically, you, basically, we need to be James, asking. Yes, James. Yes, this is it. Is a documentary has to ask a question. Yes, and we need to receive some form of answer. But I feel yeah. like if the if the answer in the trailers or the marketing or whatever, the question that comes out is, have animals sinned according to the Old Testament in Catholicism? Mm. Everyone's just going to go, well, yeah, and then not see it. I mean, that's that's a big assumption to be making. So in the trailer, we'll be including clips from famous theologians hmm. where they'll say, hmm, well, it's not as clear-cut as you might think. Hmm. I feel like this is a bit of a bummer. I don't want to learn about animals going to hell. That's really sad. It seems like a very well, unfortunate just... sequel to All Dogs Go to Heaven. How, yeah, how do we find out the answer to this? I'm very interested. Fam- uh, uh, again, famous theologians. Who? I didn't want to big time you, but we've got the Pope for this. What? Yeah. <laughs> that that will be the finale of the movie. What, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's his name, James? The Pope? Yeah. I mean I just called him Pope. Look it up. But okay, well, it's, okay. it's, it's Pope John. 
Where do I start with this? So is this going what, to... What, what role does David Attenborough have in this? Or Big Show, for that matter. Right, well, David, David Attenborough is handling the animal side of things. He's explaining how the animals act. Hmm. Big Show is the man of the people, basically. He's Greg Wallace. Us, yeah, yeah. He's he's giving us his perspective. The he's factory. the one that's conveying the awe of, oh, wow, look at how fast that hippo's running at me. And he's 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 the presenter. David Attenborough is, you know, the... Expert. Yes, yeah. So and what make? I mean, is, does Big Show have any connection to animals? He's big, like they are. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think all animals are big? He, uh, he has I got mean, a tattoo of a tiger as well. Sorry, not to help you out here, James, but there is that true. connection Thank too. You. Thank you, Adam. Um, no, he I did will say, say that he body slammed a hippo, and I want to know... Well, first of all, do you actually think Big Show could fight like a hippo? That's what we're going to find out. Well, it's a, it's a pro wrestling <laughs> fight, isn't it? So it's it's predetermined. It's not about beating; it's about the match. I'm more bothered about I'm more bothered about like body slamming a hippo. To be fair, Joe, does anyone else have anything to add or ask? What channel is it on? It's a movie. Good question. Yeah. Well, I know, but yeah. when it's on repeat, like what Sky Channel? I mean that—that's the thing. It's got broad appeal, so it does. Get, yeah, you'll, you'll get it on the Discovery Channel. Mm. You'll get it on the it's WWE true. Network. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a point. I wanted to—I did want to call you out on that because at the very beginning of your pitch, you mentioned WWE. Mm. You said yeah. WWE Finance Project. Now mm. he obviously works with AEW. Now are AEW no, I, working with David Attenborough? No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't say that WWE were involved. I just said you'll get the WWE fan base. Mm. In what way? The I big think show. people would be. I would see it because Big Show's in it. Exactly. Fair, yeah, but you know I mean? How do they take part in this show? Like, it's obviously the Big Show's in it. How do the fan base take part? By watching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not, not going to be on screen. Well, how does it have anything to do with WWE then? It doesn't. No, he was saying he, <laughs> it would attract people yeah. who are in who are WWE fans, fans because WWE, they like yeah. Big Show. Right. And they know who he is. I think that's what okay. I was saying. Yeah. Right. It's name um, recognition. That's all it is. Could you? I see potential then i mean if this it sounds like you're making it kind of a wrestling project so could you get other wrestlers maybe in who would you have if you could i mean i i'll be honest i do want to see scott steiner face down a rhino that would be fun i didn't mean i didn't mean to fight animals for fuck's sake no 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 he he doesn't have to fight it he just needs to stare into its eyes and then turn mm-hmm. to camera and give a soliloquy about whether he thinks that it's damned to internal damnation or not. That would be amazing. Yeah. The odds of it going to hell. Kit, do you have anything to add to this? No, it's fantastic. It's absolutely perfect. There is zero things wrong with it. <laughs> Thank you, Kit. Okay. Adam, anything more from you? Um, I'm just I'm just excited at the possibilities more than anything else. I feel like we could easily spend a good three hours just diving into this deep. I wouldn't change a single thing about it, though. Okay. Title, then. Um, the title that we're going with is Bat Out of Hell? Question mark? Whoa! Meatloaf's providing the soundtrack, I should emphasise. Hi, this is James. I'd just like to say that at the time we recorded this, Meatloaf hadn't passed away, but unfortunately we had to leave it in because it really ties the pitch together. Very good. You've been, I've got to say, James, you've been on fire with the titles today. <laughs> Thank you. Next up is everyone's favourite, Joe. 
Yay! <laughs> Your first prompt is Drag Race. Oh, God, okay. Never seen. I've seen one episode, I think. Go on. Simon Cowell. Oh. And a comical misunderstanding. And I think for the director, given that last one, I'm going to make it John Hughes. I don't know who that is. John he Hughes. He directed the uh, Breakfast Club and Home Alone. Okay, that's uh, that's enough for me to go on. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teen uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. coming of age. Coming of age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Okay, your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Hang on, sorry, one second. Three minute timer. <laughs> go. What okay. Are you doing? That's my, it's my for my own reference, so I can time my pitch. It's okay. I know I'm slightly behind now. So, yeah. <laughs> hello guys, welcome to my uh, movie day. We're going to be joined by the amazing John Hughes. He's going to be directing our next oh, feature movie. It's going to be the holiday season premiere. It's going to be the Christmas movie everyone's talking about. It's like Home Alone. It's like. 16 Candles and Breakfast Club in the other movies made by this man. It's it's a Christmas movie starring Simon Cowell. And it's Simon Cowell's breakout acting. He's going to be playing the leading man and he's had a lot of work done. So he looks amazing. He looks like never before seen Simon Cowell. And in the plot of this movie, basically we have Simon Cowell and he is participating in drag race, but not as a, as a you know, a, a participant, actually. He's a, he's a judge. And through a comical misunderstanding, it ends up that Simon Cowell actually does have to participate in an episode of Drag Race. And he ends up, you know, through unexpected means, actually winning the series. And RuPaul crowns him the drag queen of the season. And Simon Cowell ends up with a new bright, shiny career as a drag star. And hmm. it's a it's a com- it's an offbeat comedy coming of age featuring Simon Cowell's adopted child. <laughs> I assume he has an adopted child, and it's a it's about the adopted child's journey of accepting <laughs> dad Simon Cowell as Waka Waka. He's in Drag Race and he's embarrassing himself. But actually, he's really good. He's really good at the drag race. And actually, it's, you know, it's a feel-good comedy drama. And Simon Cowell, he doesn't believe in himself and he thinks drag race is silly. You know, he came on to be a judge because he thought this whole thing was just dumb. And he was going to just be snooty about the whole thing. But then it's like Santa Claus, that movie. He becomes a participant and he becomes a drag competitor. And he has to do all of the work. And he finds out that actually... You know, it's not as easy as it seems. It's actually quite hard work being a drag race queen. Simon Cowell has to make all his own clothes. He has to do his own dance routines. He has to lip sync and everything. I've seen one episode, but there's other stuff that happens. And Simon Cowell will be doing it all in 90 minutes because this is a short, snappy, straight to DVD, Hollywood blockbuster for Christmas show your parents out in some cinemas not all of them but the ones that don't have any other films out done thank you Jim. <laughs> plot wise it's quite solid i think um yes it is yes i agree yes it was very bare bones 
in a good way. Well, I, I didn't really. I want, it's an elevator pitch. I didn't want to go too deep and no, no. In things. a good, in a, I do mean in a good way. If it's, you have questions, I will tell you the plot. You know. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to get to that. Jesus wept. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> but what I what I just mean is that you got you you hit every every essential point. Is all I'm saying. Thank you. Which is which is good. I like that. Do you feel uh, I have an advantage with John Hughes and comical misunderstanding? I was going to say, but having said that, I think my favourite part of it, the best part for me, was how how subtle and understated the comical misunderstanding is. It's not like yes. a big whoa, you know, like it's not even like. It's very Home Alone-esque and that one small mistake leads to the rest of the plot, you know, ballooning from there. I do yeah. like that. Thank you. I was a bit I... confused at the end mm. because you called it straight a straight-to-DVD blockbuster, which yeah. didn't, didn't need to be the case. It doesn't need to go straight-to-DVD, I don't think. Why, why not? This is how movies think... are released now. It's a streaming mm. platform. Well, you didn't say streaming. You said straight-to-DVD. That implies also available on streaming services. I didn't no. think I needed. It depends because yes, some because of recent events. Yes, a lot of things have to be go straight to. But the norm is they go by cinema. The way you put it at the end, it made it sound like it was being put there because it wouldn't do too well otherwise. Well, yeah, because it's got Simon Cowell and no one likes him. <laughs> I mean, he's marketable. A lot of people do watch his stuff. Is he any more though? I don't. Well, that's as an thing. actor. That's a, it's your pitch. In a John Hughes a, movie. Why are you going to talk me out of it? I'm helping. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think I don't think he's as popular anymore. <laughs> but what I was going to add to that was mm. you specifically tailored a coming-of-age story, which, yes. you, which used the director very well. Thank you. Which is the kind of thing that might redeem him. If you, mm. if you market this as Simon Cowell finally changes, it doesn't have to be true, but I think people would watch that. <laughs> The thing is, though, we can't actually... We've spoken with Simon Cowell's agents. He actually isn't willing to rebrand himself like that. You know, he's got a stake in his public reputation as a heel. I can't believe you. We can't, can't just change so... public opinion like this, perception I that just... way. He is going to play... You know, it's like a sitcom. You can't just change <laughs> the outcome of the episode because it's nice. It's like, you I know, it's you... ultimately got to come full circle. He can't learn I anything. Gave... I just gave you a massive compliment. Yeah. I just said <laughs> I to you, threw it back in your face I, and I, I, then I pissed I gave on some, it. I gave something that was like tailor made for this mm. that you instigated. Yeah. And you just say, <laughs> no, that can't happen. Yeah, just a big shit on it. There's no reason whatsoever. Why? Why, Joe? I hate Are myself. Are we not friends? I mean, <laughs> you wanted to come on. <laughs> You can't be like, I should win that round. And then the next one, when it looks like you're winning or doing well, <laughs> you turn around and go, no, that can't happen. You side arguing against the pitch. Look, it's not me. It's, it's Simon Cowell's agents. I can't. Look, I, I would love to say yes. Obviously, your ideas are fantastic, but Simon to them he's got a public reputation he makes a lot of money through being this ornery heel but you just said okay that would that would imply he's marketable then well to a point uh. not as an actor come on this is his I, big I breakout role and it failed he was he was in scoob i don't know if you know so was <laughs> it was a small role but let me tell you this without spoiling anything he Ooh. basically gives, like, you know, the deus ex machina kind of advice that comes, you know, the, the Chekhov's gun thing? He gives <laughs> that 
<laughs> so I would say he's pretty used to being important in films now. Kind really? Of. Are you I'm saying not... he's the silent Bob of Scoob? <laughs> kind of. Kind of, except not silent, unfortunately. Look, he's not so, a leading man, okay? He's fine as a bit part, but like, he's he's supposed to carry how, this movie. He's the celebrity name of the project. How you know, we were naive when we signing him would be a good idea. How marketable is Drag Race? Very. More so yes. than Simon Cowell. Yes. So do you not think we could hinge it on that and have <laughs> Simon Cowell help that? How do you mean? Well, if Drag Race... If they announced just a Drag Race movie mm. in some form or fashion, I personally think it would do well. Not massive, mm-hmm. but I think it would do well definitely in, in the Western market. Right. Um, so if you, do, if you announce it as the Drag Race movie mm. and then say featuring Simon Cowell, do you mm. not think that's marketable? Well, the, see, the thing is we thought it would be marketable, but actually we got slated in the reviews. The AV Club gave us whoa, less than whoa, one star. Whoa, whoa. It's <laughs> already groups. released. Focus groups. The film me You can't do that. You're, you're bending the rules <laughs> of this game. All right, now break for a second. All right, Simon Cavill's a fucking huge hit. He's bigger than Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt combined. No, no, He's the new no, icon of Hollywood. Are you happy now? You've missed the no. point of what we're taking exception with here. <laughs> yeah. You can't turn around and you wouldn't be asking for it to be greenlit if you fucking made it. <laughs> we made a pilot. <laughs> a pilot? That's the movie. <laughs> oh, An well, indie feature. Oh. We showed it at Sundance. And that was good. That I one, think, it did well with I some viral we'll... marketing, but the Hollywood remake did not go down well. I'm, I'm going to take a page out of Kit's book here. I am okay. going to remind you, <laughs> Harry Hill has a movie. Keith Lemon had a movie. I don't see why it's so... And they went at the cinemas. Mm. I don't understand why it's so massively out of out of the realms of possibilities that a drag race movie could exist with Simon Cowell in it and go at cinemas. Look, you're taking this straight-to-DVD thing as a negative, whereas you should be thinking of it as a positive, okay? Because, yes, it went straight to because the cinemas weren't willing to put up the funds to do a nationwide cinema campaign, okay? So instead it was bought out by Disney. Hang on. So it's on streaming services and on straight to DVD. Jill, you can't retcon this. Yes, I can. No. I just did. This This is not the game. This is my podcast now. I'm not a producer. Fuck, I'm hosting a podcast. (laughs) That made me bedroom. Someone mute, Joe. Someone mute, Joe. I'm breaking his whole heart. You can't Me, do the this. Other Joe. <laughs> you can't do this. Yeah. I need to know why the movie's going to be a success. That's the first and foremost thing I want. You and said yourself, Drag Race that. is very popular. Yes, and we and what I'm saying is that we established yeah. that right off the bat. So yes. now all that's left to do is keep hammering home how successful this is. Mm. And you be going, nah, we already released it, it was shit. So we're like, where can we go from there? How are you supposed to win the round? I didn't want to reveal this, but I have an ability and I can see into the future. Fuck me. I shouldn't have revealed to you folks that I could and that this film would be a a flop in cinemas. Not that it's a flop in cinemas. It's a huge success. It's just not really. You foresee me kicking you out of my office at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't kick me out of your office. I've got no place to sleep. (laughs) 
Oh, God, this is so confusing. I don't even know what like <laughs> canon we're up to now. Look, it's a really um, good idea. Just think about the first thing I said idea. that was a good idea that made you impressed and give me the points. As Joe's PA, heard... thank you. Can I suggest that mm. it's probably mainly down to Simon Cowell's insistence that we keep things safe and that we don't go to the movies right now because it's too dangerous. Yeah. And that's why he wants to release this for home viewing. Also, James. because Simon Cowell doesn't want to be seen in the public eye, really, because have you seen him recently? <laughs> so why was he on Scoob? It's heavy CGI. I love the idea that it wasn't full CGI. <laughs> Just a lot heavy. of it. It was Gordon Ramsay in in one of those mocap suits. <laughs> Rotoscoped. Yes. As played by Gordon Ramsay. No, it's not. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> John Hughes people. wants it. John Hughes gets it. He's dead. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. That's not my fault. The big reveal <laughs> that John want, Hughes is dead. Well, I why was I given a dead director, Joe? I want to reclaim the points that I lost for including Gary Rhodes. Yes. Yeah. You, served, yeah. you served up a dead director to Joe, and that is not fair. Although, actually, James, Joe never said that you had to include Gary Rhodes. That was on you. I was told yeah. to include John Hughes, so but not the same. I'm defending you. Well, <laughs> I'm not defending you. No point. <laughs> it's like defending a storm. There's no point. It won't yeah. to pay any attention to yeah. you. It won't pay attention to its actions. It just does. Why did this snake bite me after I saved it from drowning? Like exactly, exactly. In pussy of all hey, things. That's from my movie. <laughs> any questions? All right. No. Yeah. Go on. Anyone else got any anything to add to that? Kit. I'm. I'm I, 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 oh. I will no. appreciate. My brain, I broke it. I will appreciate uh, the use of uh, one of my favorite go tos, which is. This movie's a bit of shit. Let's put it on DVD. <laughs> exactly, but it's not shit. I, I it's wanna, very good. I want to. I want to point out that when I say Kit, do you do you want anything to add? It's very different coming from you, Joe. <laughs> who's Kit, put out, who's put out this pitch? And you're going, Kit. What do you think? tell me? I'm great, Kit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very, very different tonally. Oh God, title. <laughs> I can pull any idea out of my bum, literally anything, and it is fine. Yeah. I cannot come up with names. I can't. I just can't do it. I can't. I can't come up it's with names. Achilles' heel, isn't it? It's my big Achilles' heel. Uh, drag, Simon. Can oh. we just make it? Can we just make it drag? Drag. <laughs> <laughs> What's Simon Cowell on? What are you on, mate? (laughs) America's Got Talent. That's his current gig, I think. Uh, Yeah. Drag. No, I... (laughs) Stop laughing at me. Okay. Simon Cowell's Comical Misunderstanding at Drag Race, directed by John Hughes, part one. R.I.P. Why part one? There's a sequel. What's in the other part. There's a sequel, but the sequel right. is a video game. Is that for fuck's sake? Is that Leave it. Leave it. Don't ask yeah. any more questions. Yeah. Are you sure? I've, I've got answers. 
I'm fucking starving, on. mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're an hour over at the record. Already yeah, yeah, an yeah. hour over here. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I've not even started I'm furious. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm done. All right. Okay, Adam, moving on to you. Hello. <laughs> Your prompts are Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Wow. Paint. I'm going to let you choose the aspects of this next one. Okay. What? A love-struck internet personality. Okay. So if you tell me what internet personality you've got in mind, I'll give you the director. Oh, okay. An internet person. So, is this someone that is strictly famous for being online? It's not... Yeah, like a YouTuber, podcaster, something like that. Can anyone give me some examples of internet personalities? This is more thinking about... Joe Graham. Okay, other than that. Other than my friends, let's let's try and pick someone that I don't have quite as Scatman Sam. I wish he was an internet personality, but that doesn't count. PewDiePie. Oh, God. Zoella. Let's do let's do PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> then the director I'm going to give you is Zack Snyder. Oh boy. Hmm. Okay. You familiar, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Hey everyone, uh, it's Adam Bibolo from <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo here. We're having a nice, chill, like, relaxed pitch today, so no, no, like, shouting or anything like that. We're just going to have a nice, calm one, maybe just chill out a little bit and Thank watch you. some catchphrase and talk about a movie or something. So, I've actually, speaking of movies, I've actually had an idea for a movie that I wanted to bring to everyone today. So, I hope that's, I hope everyone's had a good week, by the way. I hope we're all doing well. Uh, oh, JTG, thank you for the bits. I want to say um, this is going to be a Zack Snyder project. Now, I know I'm coming to you with a pitch here. We've not got a lot of things set up, but Snyder is already on board. We spoke to his people, and he's definitely confirmed with this. And the reason why he's on board is because we mentioned the name PewDiePie, and as soon as we said that, he dropped everything he was working on. He got on the next jet to Manchester, and he talked this through with us. He's such a huge PewDiePie fan. That said as well, PewDiePie is also on board. So... (laughs) In this, bear with me, this is fictional. I know we're dealing with real personalities here. PewDiePie will be playing himself, but it's a work of fiction, so just come along with me on the journey here. This is a story of PewDiePie. One day he's in an art gallery and he sees a painting of fictional character Sherlock Holmes that is so bewilderingly beautiful that he falls in love with this painting. He's completely just obsessed with this painting. And it's going to be kind of like an off-kilter, wacky kind of sort of like an indie story the kind of thing you'd expect to see in more of an art house setting but directed through the lens of Zack Snyder we're talking lots of slow-mo lots of huge panoramic shots so it's going to be like a real clash of styles here and the best way I can sort of pitch it to you is by telling you the arc that the story takes here is that PewDiePie falls in love with this painting he starts visiting every single day going to the art gallery he's no longer keeping on top of his accounts he's no longer keeping on top of his YouTube channel or his Twitch channel all of his career starts to plummet because he spends all day every day obsessing over this painting that he's in love with to the point where in the later third of the movie he breaks into the art gallery late at night to try and steal the painting so that he can be with it forevermore and it is this is the, the emotional climax of the film and this is where being having Zack Snyder on board is really going to pay off and this is where having PewDiePie on board is really going to pay off because this will be the cathartic release that everyone has been dying to see for years now we will see a security guard 
pummel PewDiePie to death in the face using his flashlight. The security Ooh. guard is so taken aback by this. He is like, oh my God, an intruder. Bam, smashes him in the face with his flashlight one straight away. And then he sees, oh my God, it's PewDiePie. And he goes fucking ham. He starts smashing harder and harder and harder and harder. So we have just got like this, and it is again, Zack Snyder, slow motion, blood flying everywhere, Bob Dylan soundtrack, really just like confusing what we're looking at here. By the end, there's just a pool of blood where PewDiePie's face used to be, and the security guard is just like breathing, really, really heavy. Like this is what I've been waiting for. I didn't even realize it, but until this moment, I've always wanted an excuse to do something. Hands up! Ah, fuck! I thought this wasn't supposed to be a porno. Mm. Adam, no response to that, Joe. Yes, Adam. Thank you. No, me. (laughs) Yep, Adam. Hello. Thank you for the pitch. Yep. Um, do you know what? I like that. Yeah. I like the incorporation. Yep. I didn't expect a painting of Sherlock. The nope. immediate thing my mind went to when I drew that was, oh, the personality, whoever it is, will fall in love with Sherlock, and there'll be a missing painting or something like that. Mm. So props to you for subverting my expectations, at the very least. The one thing <laughs> I think that maybe might ra- raise an eyebrow or two I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of PewDiePie personally. No. It just, in terms of the movie's climax, the mm. the insular, you know, uh, contained story. Why is there a catharsis in watching a man brutally beat the shit out of PewDiePie? Um, the, well, the catharsis is is because throughout the story of the film, I, either you as an audience member will already know about PewDiePie and who he is, but if you mm. don't, throughout the course of the movie, we will get to know more about him. We'll see him like, and I, I know it's not tasteful and it's not nice, but there will be he will say racial slurs at points throughout the film because that's the kind of person that he is. And mm-hmm. so, as an audience, you will grow to hate the character of PewDiePie, much like anyone in real life would grow to hate the real life personality of PewDiePie, mm-hmm. and. I'm not condoning violence. I'm not condoning any sort of physical aggression at all. That is I not. It sounds like you are. But, but for the for the sake of this movie, and for mm-hmm. the sake of having a big, violent Zack Snyder emotional climax with big mm-hmm. action, I feel like after the last couple of years that people have had, and where we're all at in the world, where we're all at culturally, I feel mm-hmm. like it would be quite a healing moment for the planet mm-hmm. to see. PewDiePie have his face smashed in by a security guard. Okay, I don't disagree. I think what this needs is a little more fleshing out, is this particular... Okay. I mean, I understand that what you're saying is, if we just said to PewDiePie, be yourself, he would do that narrative choice for us, is what yes. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, to, to borrow a term that James used earlier in one of his pitches, we could shoot it Bowfinger style, where we do just capture natural PewDiePie footage to use in the movie without him even knowing about it. Yeah, although I would argue if he knows he's in the movie, he'd probably bump it up a notch. Probably. That is the kind of, kind of prick that he is. Yeah. I think the thing that, that that's sticking out of my mind is it's just a random security guard. And while the act might be cathartic for some, I feel like that role should mean more slightly i don't mean they need to be in the rest of the film necessarily but who would you have play the security guard can i suggest no Um, oh you can say after he said his i the the guy that plays the mountain from game of thrones for fuck's sake (laughs) is that what you are no mine was better 
Go on. All right. <laughs> Go on, I want to hear. Do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I've got one too. Dave Batista. Ooh. <laughs> See? I can't, I can't argue with that. <laughs> Oh, Joe, do you want to just take over on my pitch, pal? Because like, I think you... I should get your points. No, 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 no. Do you want to hear uh, mine? James, what did you... You had an idea. What was yours? Kevin James. Okay. Now... Um, no, Kit, I, do you I, have I, an I, idea? I want to hear of Kit. Um, as in who I would have played the security guard? Hmm. Yes. Um, I would have James Corden, and then after he does it, he slips oh, in the blood right. and also Jesus dies a horrific God. death. <laughs> that would be good. No. I mean, that, that aspect would be good, but you wouldn't enjoy the beating of PewDiePie, I don't think. I think it would be um, better if James Corden was dressed as his character from Cats. Okay, Science Monster. Still my pitch. Let's get the hands back on the steering wheel here. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Adam, I just wanted to see what everyone had to, for that particular one. The, I think the thing is... Uh, you saying about the catharsis at the end there, I did get cut off by the time, but can I just finish where it would have gone with the last of the closing moments of the film? All right, but I won't, I won't take it into account with the points. That's okay, that's, that's totally fair. It's just for the sake of the record. Sure. We would have seen the security guard like kneeling there, like breathing heavily, blood everywhere, mm. realising what he's done, and he, mm. we'd get like a montage of him staying there all night until the next morning the gallery opens again and in comes the general public. And they see there's like a big crowd of people, like a load of like a, a big bus of people have come to the gallery for the day. And they see yeah. what's happened here and they're like, my God, what have you done? And the security guard just turns around and looks at them and he goes, it's PewDiePie. And then the entire crowd of people, they all run over and they start kicking the lifeless body as well. <laughs> and they're all joining in and tearing up the body to shreds. And this is the interesting part is that each of those shreds of the body that they rip up we would then scan <gasps> and sell as NFTs later oh. on as like a multimedia sort of extra facet of the movie. Just as sort of like okay. something to have on the back end. Like the first thing it would say is like directed by Zack Snyder, Adam, NFTs available. Okay, go you on. You were so close. You were so close. <laughs> so close to making you a load of money, mate. Uh, quickly, Joe, can I just ask what you gasped then? I want to know what you thought he was going to say. I thought he was going to tie it into Frankenstein's cat. I don't want any of that shit, mate. I don't want well, any part of that. No, because you hate money. No, mate, I love um, money. That's why I've got all these NFTs. Um, well, the thing is, if you were including a bus, we could technically then include all the suggestions that everyone said. You could have. And I know the other thing I want to point out, Adam, I'm not joking. The guy who plays uh, the mountain in mm-hmm. uh, Game of Thrones, do you want to know what his name is in real life? Go on. Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah. Nice full circle moment there. Okay. Any any questions, queries, or anything from anyone else? Please. How is it like I don't really understand how it's obviously directed by Zack Snyder. Is it gonna be like edgy or shit? Like, like, it would be quite an art house, quite an arty script, an unusual thing with yeah. the visual style of Zack Snyder. Look, let's be yeah, honest. Which is what? He did say that. I completely agree with Adam. Uh, we we both you. have fantastic pitches that-, that have a very similar vibe on it. And exactly, it's, clearly, yeah. it's clearly a great idea. And much Adam, like Kit with Michael just- Bay, please. Much Sorry, like Kit with Michael Bay, we've been dealt directors here who have a very, very shallow identity, which is just visuals. Michael Bay and Zack Snyder don't really have a lot to offer in terms of story or world wow. building. They That's are insulting visual. to suck a punch. They are visual. <laughs> they are basically glorified cinematographers, the two of wow. them. Wow. 
So that's what Zack Snyder will bring. He'll bring his very typical, very bland directing style. Right. Adam, what I wanted to point out there was, don't be too trusting of that, because I think what Kit is trying to do is she's sensing that you're doing well and is trying to lump her idea in with yours. So get more points by association. (laughs) Don't fall for it, because I've not. I'll take whatever kindness I get at this point, honestly. Well, the kindness so far has me been quite a fan of this idea. I understand that you've gone for subverting it, but the difference is I had to crowbar in a Michael Bay thing for kits, whereas you off the Mm. bat said, here's something very Zack Snyder. And the fact that PewDiePie is in it at all, you know, not to get into it too deeply. Like, Mm. they're both pretty much... I would imagine PewDiePie to be a long-lost son of Zack Snyder. Very easily. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you've got to that point there where you've you've got the synergy pretty much down pat. The only thing is the largest part of it, and it, this is probably because you know you ran out of time. Just but a large part of it was it, it really depended for me who played that role of the security guard. Yeah, it's not just seeing the heel go down; it's seeing which face overcomes them. I get that in wrestling terms. So yeah, uh, does anyone else have anything to add? I just think it was very good. I think it was good, but not as good as mine. I feel like uh, without my pitch, uh, Adam would have had a significantly uh, less effective pitch. (laughs) Mm. And I think without my pitch... You see, I told you, Adam. (laughs) Would have, yeah. But we still need the title. Yes. That's the title. Wait. All right. Wait. Hang on. I'm working here. You're not allowed to Google no, I'm movie not, title I'm generator. I'm thinking of the final... I'm picturing the I, final image of the crowd all ripping him to pieces, yeah. which would then become NFTs, and I'm getting the name... Not dignifying that. The Beauty of Everything. Oh. By Zack Snyder. And what's the reasoning behind that? Fucking weird, isn't it, mate? They won't see this coming. <laughs> Arty. Yeah, I see. I do have a question, actually, which I forgot to ask during the question section. But it does sound like PewDiePie is en route for a Joker heel turn. Are we going to get a spin-off or sequel about him coming is back? Is he not already his... a heel? Yeah, I mean... but like, I mean, now he's been like beaten to a pulp. Like, I feel he's going to have, you know, his own spin-off movie, you know, whereas maybe it's... Dave Bautista is going to be the hero. I mean, Adam I feel like it was like... beaten to death. It was a pretty conclusive end for our villain here. Like, yeah, this but is... Robocop. Nope. Rion, we uh, can uh, rebuild him. We can make him stronger, faster. No one wants to. You, you want to think of maybe sort of like more of a philosophical, he's living on in the form of a thousand NFTs now, then no, he is yeah. definitely not still alive anymore. <laughs> I want to quickly just add what I want, my title idea was, which may colour this, which is simply PewDiePie dies. I really think people would just go and see a movie called that. Probably better, yeah. What about Kill PewDiePie? I feel like that's just my idea. Kind of just a very very lateral move there. Kind of just said what I. But better. Okay, I I don't really think so because mine rhymed. Well, I I think so. Well, when you get producer's office, we'll take that into account. Right, you know what, Joe? I'm going to bring you onto my podcast. And I'll talk down to you. You've been talking down to Joe the entire time. <laughs> I want to know which one. <laughs> because the dynamic would be much weirder. 
on how to wrestle, but Kevin's just sat there like, who's this person you brought in just to shout at? The whole time I'll just be like, I'm just happy to be here. Okay. Okay, I'm happy with that. Mm. So we're deliberating here. Very strong pitches. I think this was the strongest round out of the lot. Uh, God, it makes it harder, though. I did have issues with Kit's idea. I think she defended them well. I just, I can't, I can't escape the idea that if you're given Spider-Man and James Bond, why you wouldn't, if, unless you don't know about them, why you wouldn't expand on those characters, especially if we're making it marketable. I still don't think, I still, I still think it was a weird move to go for directly what Michael Bay isn't, when the point of the prompts is to incorporate them as best as you can. So I am going to put that uh, fourth. But that does mean you get two points no. rather than one. It's fine. Okay, yep. It's oh. fine. Um, <laughs> nice, sweet, gentle kids. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. just, just shit on me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was an interesting idea in what uh, you had, James. The biggest problem is is a question that's kind of been answered. And I just I find it a bit skeevy. A bit weird that you went, and we're doing this all by the Catholic idea of God, when you could have said, well, let's explore all different variations of God. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like there was a bit of a missed opportunity there by limiting it so much. So I will give you the third place on that one. Okay. That's quite Ooh. sinful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even give someone third place without being attacked. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. So we're left with Beauty of Everything and Drag Simon, or the slightly longer what? title that I can't remember. Greg Simon? Um, drag Simon. Drag Simon. Oh, right, yeah, that was shit. I've forgotten the, your own name. Yeah, it was bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. The biggest problem with yours, Joe, is how I've had some stubborn acts on this show. Mm. I had the smart TV thing with Haley, which was just mm. so arbitrary and stubborn. I Haley was right. I can't believe it. Classic. But stop it. But this is a whole other league altogether. I'm sorry, Haley, but you've been overtaken in the chaotic department at this stage. Because not only did I just compliment what you said, you directly <laughs> went, No, it's already been made and it was shit. <laughs> I'm just being that, honest with said, our stakeholders. Uh, the, when we talked about Kit, you went, well, we don't know about Michael Bay, but suddenly you know what Simon Cowell thinks of this whole thing. <laughs> Why? Why? Why can you just leave it at, you've done a good pitch, what other good things can we do with it? You went with, no, nah, I'm not going to think about it, shit. And I'm like, but it isn't. It really isn't. So, Well, just forget I said that then. Pretend I didn't. I, and I said it was good. It's <laughs> Edit it out. But, okay. With that in mind, um, I'm going to look at Adam's. And Adam, again, I, I think this was a very solid idea. I, I do mm. like it. Wasn't really a flaw with it, except it did suffer from the running out of time. I, I'll be honest, the title as well. I get what <laughs> you're going for, but it's, I feel like Zack Snyder wouldn't name it that, is what I would, I would I think. So it does make it a bit tougher. So really, because this is the only one where I think either of you two, uh, Adam and Joe, have been in you know the top uh, two places, mm. we could see this as an Adam versus Joe situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Adam. For fuck's sake. 
It was <laughs> fucking hell. Okay. The important message to take away from this is that during yep. round two, both me and Joe yep. got a little bit wound up and a little bit aggressive. And in round, up, yeah. in round three, one of us decided to calm down a little bit and the other one decided mm-hmm. to just get even angrier and look just where it got you. down. Okay, so with that in mind, let me just assign the, the points here. So we have we have our winner. In fourth place, with seven points, was Kit. In third place, and it was very, it was very close. This the the top three, with ten points, is Joe Graham. And in second place, with eleven points, is James, which makes Adam our winner with twelve points. What? The double points did it for you. I'll be honest with you. If um, <laughs> if you if you kept with uh, the normal points. Would have been quite a different outcome, but still, Adam I mean, is our new champion. Let's be honest here. I've I've somehow managed to win a game by only really having done two pitches because that second pitch basically didn't count, didn't actually happen there. <laughs> so while I'm happy to win and I'm very very mm-hmm. pleased, and I thank you very very much for your generosity, I feel like this maybe exposes perhaps a flaw in the scoring system here. <laughs> <laughs> such, an, such an unjust victory could happen like this. On that note. I want to thank everyone for playing Greenlit once again. Uh, thank you to James and Kit. Kit being a, a stalwart of the show. James for bringing some stellar titles. And of course, I want to thank our special guests, Adam Bibolo. Do you want to say something? Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you for having me on. And I'm so sorry. And I <laughs> completely understand that I will not be invited back. So no hard feelings at all. And to Joe Graham. You're welcome for having me. I had such a great time. Can't wait to be back on next week. <laughs> oh, good Lord. It's not a weekly podcast. Not after it this. is now. Kit, you have something to plug? Uh, not really much. I'm occasionally over at twitch.tv forward slash for Kit's sake. Uh, usually kicking about playing mostly Stardew Valley on Sundays. Uh, most other weeks I usually am on. Um Come along uh, so that I can get that target of five people talking in the chat at the same time, because I'd really like that. James, do you have anything? Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at James D. Leach. That's L-E-E-C-H. Adam? You can follow me on Twitter at Biblops, and why not check out the Attitude Era podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and check out It's Raw, where myself, Joe, and Joe's partner, Kevin, review various Gordon Ramsay projects. You can find that on Spotify or SoundCloud under the name Podcrabs. And hey, why not come and join me over at twitch.tv forward slash Adam Bibolo once in a while, where I will be sometimes calm, sometimes just as upset and having as many tantrums as you saw earlier on today. It's <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot what kind of Adam you're going to get. It, it depends on how long it's been since I've eaten a meal, to be honest. And finally, Joe. You can find me over on Twitter being equally chaotic at the Joanna Graham. I'm also on podcasts subcultured cast and how to wrestling they're both on twitter and spotify and soundcloud and all those other good places and yeah that's it thank you and uh, from me producer joe i just want to say again thank you to everyone who participated if you're not already please follow everyone who uh, participated today but thank you for listening i really appreciate it this is producer joe saying have a good one
Did that? Did the audience have anything to, to say right now? Oh, holy fuck! 